Yeah, that's great. That's how our podcast starts today. Just me going, ah. Um, I got a couple food things to start with today. What was that? Is it Sally's or Lucy's rub that you gave Dan and I? I forget. <laughs> great. <laughs> great. I don't know. It's at a place in New Orleans. And, I, and it said, you know, made in the area, authentic uh, New Orleans uh, blackened uh, seasoning or rub. Right. And I think it's Aunt Sally's. Yes, it is. I think it's Sally's. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just did what you said, except I did it with what you said. That when you were talking about it, Dan and I were going to have pork chops one night, and you said, oh, we should use that rub. And then we had this discussion about how long you can leave food out in the on a counter or whatever. So I did that rub with chicken thighs. And I, I just marinated them inside of Tupperware for a couple hours on the counter so that they would come to room temperature. I'm telling you, buddy, that stuff is was so good. So good. And it's just simple, right? Oh, I'm so glad you enjoyed it because I was a little disappointed with it when I used it. Maybe I didn't use enough. Oh, I, had a, I used a ton of it. Why were you disappointed? Yeah. I just didn't get what I thought I was going to get from it. Being in New Orleans and going for a couple of Creole meals. You know what I mean? I was hoping to somehow replicate that taste. And I, I guess that's it. I didn't use enough. You know, um... But again, look- a psychological thing. Again, I, I it was New Orleans, and before I bought it, I wanted to make sure it was from New Orleans. I didn't want some to buy some black and rub in New Orleans that was made in China. You know, you got to watch that. Mm, China. That's all. And uh, no, I'm thrilled that. <laughs> no, you I loved were it. Happy with it. I, I, I just, I, I, I guess I just again didn't put enough on. Donnaroo, what were you saying there, buddy? I was just going to say well, you wanted a more uh, a bolder, uh, bigger spice hit. Yeah, that makes sense if you didn't put enough on. Yeah. yeah well, I buried these thighs. They're, they were really small chicken thighs. Like I had three of them for dinner and uh, 180 calories, according to Noom, which I'm going to get to in a second. Um, but I'll tell you, I'm, no, I'm not really, I don't love super hot or super spicy food, but it was very flavorful. And uh, I just didn't dust these thighs. I did what you said. I put a little olive oil on. Mm-hmm. You know, once I dried them, once I put some olive oil on, and then I just covered it, and then every every morsel of these thighs were covered in this Aunt Sally's uh, rub, and uh, it was good, man. God damn it. Very then I did this other thing that I always wanted to try, but I've never done, is I took some white, I took an entire white onion, and I caramelized it. It took me a half an hour. You uh, sliced them really thin, mm-hmm. and... And then you cook them really, really slowly. But the secret is you, you add a little sugar and salt. And then as they get, you know, sort of browned, you keep adding water. So I sat there. Do you take, you know, it's a bit tedious, but I wanted to see if I could do it. And it took an entire onion. You know, it was covered the entire pan. And then at the end, it's just sort of a small clump of it. Damn. So good. Nice. So I had New Orleans chicken thighs, caramelized onions, a little bit of rice and spinach. Hmm. Nice. Hmm. You really looking after yourself, aren't you? Yeah. Well, a couple of days ago, I was talking to you. I didn't 
I don't think Dan was on the call yet, but I was trying to see how I wanted to get back onto the Noom for a few days because not that I was like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm fat again. But I'll tell you what's inspired me was a couple of things. Seeing Ian's service at Toronto Mike's uh, event on Saturday at Palma Pasta. He looks great. You know, he's lost 40 pounds. Now, he didn't do Noom exactly, but he heard us talking a lot about Noom and was sort of, you know, he went along a similar path. But uh, I just noticed my weight was creeping up again. And you said something about the same thing. And you said, yep. I think it was last week, you said you were starting to logging. look at Noom again. Yeah, I'm logging. It helps. And then weighing every, weighing in every day so you can see that little uh, dot go down. It, yes. It's, psychologically, it's good. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so between you talking about it and seeing Ian, and, you know, like I have a number. You know, I, I was 191 or so when we started Noom a year ago. I got down to the high 170s, and I sort of settled in around 180, 180, 182. When I came back from Mexico... I was around 185, and then late last week, I was up around 187, mm-hmm. and I'm like, ah, okay, that's, and so just the logging, so I did the same thing, I got my Noom uh, back up and running and logging my weight every day, drinking more water, which is, by the way, why I had to leave the show the last two days, because I've been just guzzling liters of water, but also keeping track of what you eat every day. It's so simple. It's not like I ate a whole bunch less. It's just that I was aware of everything I was going to eat in the last two or three days. And, you know, what is it? Thursday since Monday, I'm I'm down like a pound and a half. Yeah. Do you know where you collected all your weight since you? Uh, oh, I do. I know where I collected mine. Where did you get yours? Well, I was just, you know, I was going to say I can have my own weight reducing uh, program. And it's very simple. Saturated fats portions right and junk saturated fats is really junk but just cut out all that stuff like in the summer you know you just all over all the doritos are out now so you have a few you know the peanuts the stuff like that and again stick to the diet beer with me stick to ultra and i don't gain a pound i start drinking all the fun beers and it's you can feel it but well, portions is big. Yeah, it's the same and then for I was me. getting into that thing and eating my dinner and then just going back and grabbing a little bit more. And when it works for me, when Noom was where I just didn't do that. And I didn't eat chips and I didn't eat milk chocolate. And it sucks, but that's that's the reality. Well, and the same for me. It's like, I, mm-hmm. you know, Dan's been around here the last month. You know, I, when we had dinner together last week sometime, a couple times, you know, rather than just have a portion and a little bit of that, I have a giant portion. And then after I eat popcorn and then I have some candy. But it, I, it's just isn't it interesting that all that Noom is and I, they're not our sponsor anymore. So this is just us talking. It's just awareness. And it's so curative, you know, just like yesterday, logging everything I ate knowing that I was going to have this dinner last night. So when I had it, I still had a couple hundred calories for the day left after I had dinner. Whereas on a, on a you know, most of the time last few months, I just eat and not really sure if I'm going to, you know, you know, you're, I, I don't know what I've eaten all day. I just know I've eaten and it wasn't way, I wasn't, I didn't gain 15 pounds. I was just a couple pounds above the number that I'm like, okay, that's it. Which to me is 185. Do you even know what you weigh, Dan? Uh, yeah, it, it, yeah, 
so I haven't weighed myself since, uh, you know, I have to stop the Manumi thing. But, yeah, I was down to about 181, 179. So what do you weigh? What do you think you weigh now? Do you have Probably about 184, 183, 184. What is your, do you have, a, like, for me, well, that number. You were below 180. You, a man of your size? Wow. Wow. Did you, was that when, in the spring? That's yeah. how late light you were? Yeah. Yeah, for me the number is one eighty five. Like I, 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 at one ninety, I thought I was, you know, I was still okay. I was still like thirty pounds. Like, here's the thing: when I quit drinking seven years ago, I weighed two hundred and sixteen pounds. Two sixteen. So one ninety is fine, but I would rather be closer to one eighty two, one three. Like in the one seventies, it's too skinny for me. It'd be too skinny for you too. You know, it's not enough. Um, yeah, I don't think that's healthy. Yeah. Because Dan's solid and tall. I'm surprised. Yeah, like 179. Jesus. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, what are you going to, you know, it's not rocket science. And um, the older you get, you got to watch it. And, um, again, not uh, providing any information here. That uh, That's the, what I will say about Noom is it, it taught me a few things. You know what it did? It taught me feel. It taught me when I eat the type of foods that they recommend in that balance, I feel way better. I feel a lot better. I don't feel heavy. I don't feel like, you know, because, you know, if you eat too much red meat, you eat too much crap, Mm -hmm. you know, you go and you have a big fat hamburger and maybe some fries. (laughs) You just feel like shit. You do. I do. I I I never used to as a younger man, but it just shows you the balance. You know, if you follow sort of their directive, if you want to call it that, it's just you feel better. You know, see, you know, my 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 bad food for me is not just candy and popcorn. I love nitrates. You know, we were at Palma Pasta on Saturday and after the event, I went downstairs and did a little shopping and I bought some prosciutto and I bought some salami. and, And, you know, what I was getting into was having those things for my snack. And it's good to have those things once in a while. But I was having so much of them to your point about it. It doesn't make you feel great if you eat too much of it. A little bit is great. So what I'm, re- you know, what Noom has taught me since we started last January is that you can eat a lot of food, but if it's the right kind of food, it fills you up. Like I had an enormous, and I, again, I had this, not an epiphany, but I was reminded last night when I ate dinner, that food I ate, it filled the plate, but it was all good food. Spinach, rice, a little bit of rice, not much. A lot of chicken and that the caramelized onions like it was it filled me up, but it didn't make me feel like shit. Did it fill you up, Buttercup? Mm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, uh. you, can, you can always tell. You can always tell when Patterson's at the end of the discussion. He's like, "All right, I'm, All right. <laughs> I'm no, no, done. No. I'm done with this." No. <laughs> yes, it filled me up, Buttercup. No, I, I get it. It's just yeah, you. Little things like getting your plate and putting the salad on first. Put the salad on first. Because when you're in the mindset we, it's like more, more. So if you put the salad on first, there's less space on the plate. Sounds simple, but works for me. I did it last night. Make that a priority. And again, like when I get into Noom, no more salad dressing. I just put balsamic vinegar on my my salad. And uh, you can put a little olive oil on as well, can't you? Yeah, I, but I don't. I no. just love that vinegar. So, and you know, I'm sure there's some reason you shouldn't do that. But you know, um, another thing is bread. I just there's no bread on my counter right now. Yeah, and that that for the first couple of days, that's hard, man. 
It, See, that, I don't have that, any problem with bread. Those carb withdrawals are tough, but it doesn't take long, and I just yeah. keep it off the counter now. I. Yeah, I mean, I, I like bread. I had a lot of bread when we were in Europe, but, you know, I can do without it. It's not something I crave, although I'm just laughing because I was looking in the freezer last night, and I guess when I was gone, did Costco have a sale on bread, Dan? Because we, we there's like four or five, like, mini loaves of bread. I didn't realize that you loved bread as much as you do. Oh, I love bread. Yeah. So you froze, so that's um, some kind of, and it's good bread. It's like stone mill or whatever, grainy yeah. bread, but. F- fermented sourdough rye. There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, we have enough bread till the spring. Okay. Good no, I mean, I don't, I don't even see you eating bread. Well, I, I less bread at your place because of the lack of toaster. Because mm. the toaster part is big for me right. as well. Well, why don't, you get, why don't you get your toaster and bring it on over, man? I would say, yeah, it's on my mind, <laughs> believe me. Just for those who... That toast, well, toaster sales. <laughs> those, those who might be familiar with Noom... And those who aren't, a green food is, you can pretty much eat all you want. Yeah. I mean, still keep within your calorie count for the day. But Dempster's 100% whole wheat bread is a green. But I still try to avoid it. Because, you know, bread, here's what I do for bulk when I'm not eating bread. I'll put a sweet, we'll bake sweet potatoes. I'll slice them up and put them on my salad because it's almost like meat. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. You get that mouthfeel. And oatmeal, right? Yeah. Like in the morning when it's like, oh, I'd really love a piece of bread or some toast. Just I'll have it a packet of oatmeal. And it gives me that, satisfies that need for some bulk. Little tricks along the way. And I learned that from from Noom. Noom taught me. Noom did that. (laughs) Did it. Mm -hmm. And. And again, if you sit down and talk with our buddy Darren about nutrition, he's like right on top of it. He can give you some great tips as well. It's interesting what people, different people crave though. Like I have no problem. I mean, I bought Dan. I went to this place. It's near our house and we had talked about it. They they have like authentic sort of Montreal style bagels. And I thought, oh, Dan hasn't tried these. And, you know, we we ate them over the course of a couple days, but I could go. I, I don't really crave bread. It's those salty meats that i crave i like like you know i i could have prosciutto for every meal i I just love it and it's great but it's not great for you but it's funny what i that's what i crave i crave that kind of salt dan what do you crave (laughs) well the bread you you, oh yeah well he's right you're like but you know you can always make the bread in the in the broiler that given i've shown you the broiler method of bread making Right, yes, the one that uh, you risk burning. Yes, there's always a risk of burning. <laughs> you got to stay you on it. And you don't have my a attention span. Howard, you don't have a toaster at your place. I don't. I don't. I haven't. You know what? Because I haven't. Because I don't eat toast. I mean, when 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 Rachel was in my life, we did that. She loved bread, and she would bring these, you know, artisanal breads to the house, and we would just, you know, cook them like in the oven. Just put them in the under the broiler for a, a minute. Well. Dan, you're going to have to get a toaster. It's yeah, it's just that simple. And uh, speaking of you know, <laughs> speaking as of it's everything as a simple. song, here we go. <laughs> Freddie P. Freddie P. loves this song. Do you know this song? Why don't you build me up? All right, on that note, let's start the uh, Thursday show here. Mm-mm, you. 
This is a huge sing-along too. Oh yeah, everyone loves this. Yeah, even Kib, you know, even if you weren't of this era, you probably know this song. Uh, it's funny, I was doing some, I was during some uh, preparation this morning trying to get a couple audio files, and I was going through my uh, list here, and I was like, what? I was trying to figure out, where did this come from? Somewhere under the rainbow, <laughs> skies are gray. Is that Lisa? Yep. Yeah. That, remind me why she was singing Somewhere Under the Rainbow. Oh, because Fred had made some uh, mistake on what the lyrics to uh, Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Okay. Yeah, my, wife's, my wife's always correcting me on lyrics. It's like, no, that, those aren't the words. There to me. So you thought it was Somewhere Under the Rainbow. Somewhere Under the Rainbow. Skies are Okay, well, let's get started. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the well-equipped Humble and Fred Studios in trendy Toronto, pleasant Peterborough, and from the beautiful Brampton area in a basement near the foosball table. <laughs> and is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, Air Adventures, EVNet.ca, and our newest sponsor, Kelsey's, Canada's original roadhouse since 1978. And now, here are two men who try to calm their active minds by watching cute dog TikTok videos and Trump news reports. It's Humble and Fred. Uh, nothing but emails today, everybody, in Dan Duran's news. Toronto Michael, join us at the end of this program as usual. Uh, set up next week, and uh, maybe I, uh, just to uh, bring up some of that Mary Joe discussion from the other day. See what Mike's perspective on uh, there was this story in People Magazine, and you know, as we said when we were talking to Mary Joe on Tuesday, I believe, or Wednesday, was it yesterday? Yeah, I guess it was yesterday. It would have been nice if they had mentioned Toronto Mike, and it would have been cool if they had referenced the Humble and Fred show instead of just some podcast where Dean stormed off. But that's, you know, as you said, we're just this little stupid Canadian show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of no significance. Uh, yep. Uh, two dinks. Goes. <laughs> this is my, my favorite comment about us. Two dinks full of hate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, I wonder where that comes, the hate part comes from it. You know, I mean, sometimes you can read or you attempt to read more into uh, something maybe than there is there. But I'm just wondering if he's a a Trumper or, a, you know, a freedom guy, F-R-E-E-D-U-M-B. Um, you know what I mean? Because really, isn't that really... That's the only place our vitriol is really directed, isn't it? Other than that, we're happy and friendly guys, aren't we? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Are we? we? You tell me. (laughs) You tell me. Are we happy and friendly? I don't know. Sometimes we get carried away. I mean, just now we just talked about food for 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. I could have have continued. I I made this Mm -hmm. simple red onion pickled red onion recipe I've made before. I haven't made it in a while. It's the simplest thing I've ever learned how to do. Where do you get the pickle juice? You make it. And it's basically just vinegar, a cup of white vinegar. Mm -hmm. So you basically just heat this up. A cup of white vinegar, a little bit of sugar, a little bit of salt, and um, 
salt, oh, uh, pepper, corn, and you just heat it up. Oh, nice. And then you just pour it over. He's sliced. I put it, put the, you know, you fill a mason jar with sliced red onion mm-hmm. and you just pour it over, leave it on the counter till the onions start to kind of mm-hmm. <clears throat> get not melted. They soften up and then you put it in the fridge. Mm-hmm. Here's a little <laughs> life hack. My dad yeah. used to make pickled eggs a lot. We had a bar in our house in Scarborough, the typical Scarborough rec room, you know, with the wood paneling and everything. We had a bar and he used to have pickled eggs. He'd make all the time and keep in the fridge there. So he'd have a beer and a pickled egg. We all would. They were very delicious. But later on, he got tired of the whole process. So what he would do if he had a like a jar of Bix pickles, once the pickles were gone, he would keep that brine and just stuff hard boiled eggs into it. Yeah. And it, it it's good. It works. Well, and, yeah, you uh, could do the same it, thing like. Yeah. You could do the same thing. But what I've done before is once the mm-hmm. once you've eaten all the red onion, you can just slice another one and throw it back in the brine and, and use it a couple of times. And the reason I say that um, and the reason he did that and people are thinking maybe, well, you can just buy Bix pickled eggs or some pickled eggs in the jar from the from the grocery store to me always have a weird aftertaste. And it doesn't matter whether it's strubs or whether they just have a weird taste to me. And he was the same way. He just didn't like them. So, again, he would keep the jars of the Bix, which we had, you know, pickles like gherkins or... Mm, yeah, many pickles, you know. And just stuff mm. the, the hard-boiled eggs in, and they didn't have that weird aftertaste that the other ones seemed to have. I think that weird aftertaste, because my mom and dad made yeah. pickles, you know, right from scratch, like cucumbers, and put them down in the basement until they... But uh, I used to think it was such a magical process, but what that... And I agree with you. What that aftertaste generally is. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can hear it. Stan's snoring. Oh, I thought you were going to make. Could we hear your heart fluttering? No, no. It's. <laughs> I just couldn't figure out what that noise was for a second, but it's my boy. He's just completely mm-hmm. done. Oh. So, um, but that aftertaste is a preservatives. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that. Um, yeah, probably. It yeah. is. No, I, I know because I know exactly what you mean. Because if you ever mm-hmm. ever had homemade pickles or really good pickles, they don't have mm-hmm. that flavor. Mm-hmm. And um, and neither do these onions, by the way. And 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 I should have. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I ever given you guys. Have I ever? I'm sure I. So I had this memory. I thought I'd given you some. You know, my dad. Uh, he was a real hobbyist. He loved doing stuff like that. You know, he raised canaries too. Like he had a ton of canaries. <laughs> in these cages in his... Well, you guys used garage. to pickle those? <laughs> you beat me when I joke. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. That's but when I, here's when my joke was going to go. He goes, I was going to say he used to raise canaries, yeah. and uh, that's when we knew he was getting old. He started pickling canaries. Uh, put those in the fucking pickle brine. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's funny. Fucking... <laughs> Sorry about that buttercup. So, uh, it's really, the ingredients are: I did uh, red onion, sugar, cane sugar. It says, but sea salt, sugar, white vinegar, a little bit of water, and you don't even need to boil it. You heat it up till it's mm-hmm. warm, and no, basically until the sugar and water dissolve. Pour it over the onions. I left it on the counter. Until they'd uh, soften, and I put them in the fridge, and I didn't eat them last night, but I just wanted to see this morning what the uh, how it turned out, and they're just crispy, mm. like they're really good. And what I like about it, because again, getting back into Noom, you can throw them on everything. You know, you can put them on any kind of dish. They kind of brighten things up, and they're crunchy. And um, yeah, I just hadn't done it for a while. 
And I just wanted to see what it, you know, what the process was again. It's very simple. Um, another little tip, you know, if you like ketchup, you know, ketchup has a lot of sugar in it. It does. Um, Heinz also makes like a chili sauce in a jar. And you think, okay, uh, you know, chili sauce can be so delicious when somebody makes it homemade. But if you don't have the time or the desire, Heinz just in, in the bottle, their chili sauce is so good. And there's only like five calories to a like three tablespoons or something. And I, I was so pleasantly surprised by it. I just bought it one day. I thought, I'll see what this is like. Mm. So now if I have like an omelet or something, you can pour that down the side and you're not getting that sugary ketchup. And again, it's not as sweet and it's and you can get it with peppers in it. It's good. Isn't it, isn't it interesting slash funny slash humbling, Fred, how different people, what they crave, you know, like I said, you know, Dan loves his bread. You do, too. I, I could go. I, I, I literally I could have I don't need to have bread. I do like uh, I do like ketchup, but I don't have ketchup in the house. What I like to put on stuff, you know, if I'm having eggs, I bought this at um, Palma Pasta the other day. They had this um, olive paste. Is that what it's called? Olive tapenade or whatever it's called. I love that stuff. See, I could put that on the side of eggs. Because, again, it's, you know, everyone craves different things. I really crave sort of salty, sweet stuff. Like for Mm. when I'm sitting there, when I'm bad, I'll have popcorn. And then I'll have candy with the popcorn. I took, here's what I did with Doll's Granola. I took some Doll's Granola, which has got all kinds of flavor, ginger and sweet and and I put it in a bowl of popcorn. It's insane. Yeah. So good. See, I crave... When I go to Costco, I get the big... The peanuts are so expensive nowadays. But uh, <laughs> I, get, I get the mixed nuts. But I don't like salt on my peanuts. I just like them. Come on. Yeah, I don't. You don't like salt like on it, your peanuts? No, like mixed nuts. No, I don't want them with salt on them. I just want them plain. Yeah. But I get that with mix. No. I'm not a big mix nuts fan. Oh, well, the Costco ones, the Kirklands are good. Anyway, uh, but th- really, the calories in those, too. But again, as Darren has explained to me, the type of fat in those peanuts are good for you, but in moderation. So a handful is about all you need, and it's actually good for you. But if you sit down with a jar and punch back like a quarter of the jar or something watching a hockey game, that could be like over 1,000 calories, 1,500 calories. It's crazy. Yeah, the problem with mixed nuts is, you know, like 60% of them are good, but then you get those weird ones, you know? I know what you're going to say, the hazelnuts. The hazelnuts and the, you know. Or the walnuts. Not interested. Uh, See, I don't mind them. The Kirkland ones aren't bad. But then the Kirkland ones also have, um, what do you call the pistachios, the shell, already out of the shell pistachios. Yeah. And the almonds are good and the cashews and like you know planters you know in the can sometimes they fool you you know it's like mixed nuts or and then it's like 90 percent freaking peanuts it's not like that with with kirkland i'll tell you right now in my entire I'm fooling you <laughs> in my in my entire adult semi-adult life turning 63 <clears throat> in two months i have never bought mixed nuts never really no reason to too many uh too many foul nuts in the uh, mix. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Hey, um, when I when I was a kid uh, playing for a hockey team, you know, you used to do fundraisers. Mm-hmm. My dad was heavily involved, and in, you know, many years probably oh, 
seven, eight years in a row, every winter I'd be going door to door, banging on people's doors, selling planters nuts in, mm. in the tin. Yeah, yeah. And it would be like the variety pack, the cashews, and like there'd be four little tins in the long box. And I remember putting them on a wagon and dragging them around. And <laughs> <laughs> when uh, I don't, don't remember doing that as a kid, but I do remember doing that for my kids. And by the time Charlie and Spencer were in organized sports and we did the fundraiser it was always the chocolate covered almonds and i just ate them all <laughs> that, see that's my yeah. favorite chocolate cup cold almost frozen chocolate covered almonds that's that's the thing for me that's hard to resist and with noom you can have things like that you can actually go to kelsey's on noom the idea is if you're going to go to Kelsey's, like I know you're going tonight, I'm going tomorrow, that you need to just build your day around it. Like you can't, which is great because, you know, I'm going to have the uh, dip that we like there, the spinach dip, and, you know, I may have one of those sandwiches. But you just can't have that for every meal if you're trying to keep your weight down. That's the whole secret to it. However, you and I differ on this point. The way Noom is structured, you have your green, your yellows, and now your orange. Did you, did you see that? I, I did not. They've switched red food to orange. And okay. I think, why did they do this? Well, they thought red um, meant, you know, in our minds, in our society, red means stop. And they thought it was leaving the wrong impression that red meant don't touch these foods, stop. Well, that that's not sense. it. Yeah. They changed it to orange with the explanation that you can have these foods, but just less of them because they're denser calories and what have you. Yeah. I when I'm doing Noom, I I keep a mind to my red total. Now you told me you didn't. You no, just I never did. No, I just did calories. Yeah, the, the yeah. So, and you're you're right. Like especially the odd, if the odd time you want to bust through the you know the orange count, that's not going to hurt you. No, but, but generally day to day, I would try and stay under the red count. Um, no, and you didn't listen. That 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 shows that there's more than one way. Like. Because both of us did this pretty regularly. I was going to say religiously, but that's not what we mean. But we did it very regularly, I'd say, for first four or five months of this year. We were doing it, and we lost a lot of weight. I really never paid attention to that. All I did is just try to keep my calorie count at whatever number they suggested for that day. But I also kept in mind to not have prosciutto for every meal, which is a red. Right. Or or if I was going to go to Kelsey's, like I'm going to have a couple of big red meals in the next two days. Tonight I'm going out for right. some Korean food and tomorrow I'm doing Kelsey's. So I'm just going to keep a mind to what I eat for the rest of the day. Sure. Yes. And that's the and, and, and again, that that's the, uh, the one thing that would uh, be on my mind. It would be like, OK, I'm going to plan my day around this. But if I sit down and eat this uh, bourbon burger or whatever, it's going to blow my even though I might be under my calorie count or around it, it's going to blow that category to smithereens. Right. I, I'm not going to worry about that. Exactly. About. Can I give you one of, just before we wrap this up? Yes. I think I was listening to Howard Stern with uh, Bruce Springsteen, and Stern got on about Metamucil, and he lives by it now. Like he swears by it. He, how much he loves it. He takes a dose of <laughs> Metamucil. He said, it's the greatest thing. I feel light. I feel... So I thought, I'm going to try that. Yeah. So last weekend, a scoop of Metamucil in water before... And I'm telling you. Before when? Before bedtime or... Before bedtime. Okay. And by the time I wake up, a couple of mornings I've had to get up like even earlier than normal because 
because There's something knocking on the door. <laughs> because you had an event? Yeah. yeah. The only thing, if you take it daily, you got to keep your water intake up because it can actually work the other way and, and constipate you. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you, he said, Stern's talking about, I just feel w- different, like lighter. I don't feel it all bloated. And it's like, that's so true. Give it a try. And well, it's delicious. Wait, wait. Can I share something with you right, right now? Get the sugar-free orange. Dude, I have, I have, a, I have, a, I have it in my house. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, the orange, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, I haven't now. I, I have it because I was going through some uh, stuff in the fall where I wasn't satisfied with my elimination, so I bought some because I've, right. you know, I've got a history of some mm. stomach issues. Oh, yeah. And I took it for a while before I went to France because I wanted to firm oh. things up, and it works. It you know, I, I should take it every day because it does. Look at the, by the way, if you've never, if you're a humble and Fred listener and you haven't heard us for a while, this is what we do now. This is exactly what we do. We talk about food and going to the bathroom. Well, we do, we have other topics today too, well, but that's our main ones. Listen, and we're just being responsible because I read another, another article the other day. I think it was in Men's Health magazine about over 65. The, the biggest villain to, the old age is is weight yeah it just is you know they the thing is not lose too much weight in your old age because you should just have some meat on your bones no exactly but the havoc that plays on your heart on your joints all these things so you know you've got one of two ways to go i mean be mindful of that or or fuck yourself up well no exactly and you know i've said this uh for quite a while now because as i mentioned earlier in this riveting conversation that at one time at this point seven years ago in december of 2015 i weighed 216 pounds it's a long the biggest i'd ever weighed i had been over 200 pounds for some time which surprises people but i've seen some pictures of you and i when we started this little project both of us look so different now obviously our hair is grayer and you've got a beard but we're just bloated and i look way worse than you i just look inflamed and where that comes from is a combination of not enough water not enough green and roughage metamucil or whatever and too much alcohol because what it does is it not only inflames you uh visually but it inflames all your organs and makes your heart work harder and it just is the demarcation of age for men especially like listen dude you're going to be 67 i'm going to be 63 and generally if you looked at us whether we're four or five pounds within our ideal weight we sort of look like we're in shape, even though I'm, you know, I'm not in great shape, but we're not fat. And being not fat is, as you say, a real marker of yes. health as you get older and not just visually uh, vanity wise, also for what's going on inside your body. And uh, later in the program, I'll give everyone the cardiology update that I got yesterday. And one of the first things this doctors and I were talking about was, do I drink and what drinking can do and the pressure it puts on your heart? Well, mm, this is it. And, uh, you know, just be mindful of that because, well, again, it's again, it's not rocket science. Why you don't need to put that pressure on your body and the. The, the the thing about weight as you get older, it's something that y- you can control. I mean, if you have problems, you can't as get up today and literally you, you can do things to help it, but you can't really control it per se. Your weight you can control. 
Yeah, it's in, it's, it's it's within your yes. uh, you you know if you have a chronic illness you know yes. you, can, you can all things it. yeah you can help it mm-hmm. by not being overweight. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, well this is uh, I'm glad we talked about this. I, and really, I just wrote, wrote down uh, Noom again, and uh, that did we did 35 minutes on that. Uh, we're gonna get to your emails. And uh, I don't know if you want me to do the uh, cardiology update before emails uh, or in between emails and and Dan, uh, but we still have some other people we want to talk about, and that is... Well, Monday night football, or Monday night, what am I talking about? Thursday night football, Raiders at the Rams, the Raiders, a six and a half point pick. The over-under on that game, 43.5. Boy, how the Rams have fallen. They lost their starting quarterback and what have you, but yeah, Raiders. A six and a half point pick. Also, your Maple Leafs play tonight. Minus one eighty on the Leafs. They host the Los Angeles Kings at the Scotiabank Arena. The over/under there is six. Whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker or casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment. From their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook, and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. That is Bodog. Making EVs easy and affordable. That's what evnet.ca does and what they do. I got into another long-range Tesla yesterday. This car is unbelievable. You know, you've been in the the three, uh, just like I have off and on the last month or so. This one's range, I think, is closer to 500 kilometers in the high 480s. And I was thinking about, you know, I got rid of my car i guess before i went to mexico so i haven't had a i haven't gone to a gas station in over a month it's a weird it's a weird feeling yeah i'm charging the car in my house and i'm sure that's going to do something to the hydro bill but it ain't my car cost me 125 dollars every time i filled it up in the summertime i was filling it up one and a half times a week so about 175 a week from May until well into October. And so just that alone, forget how advanced these cars are. Like, I know I'm not a big technology guy, but I have had experience, you know, I, when I was still flying, the last plane I flew was, uh, they call it a glass cockpit. And so all the gauges and all the, all the engine stuff is on computer screens. And it reminds me of these Teslas. But it's just the, it's not just Teslas. It's the Bolt, the Kona, the Outlander, the Nissan Leaf. That's what you can get at EVNet. And all of them have an advance in technology. You know, I was thinking about it. It's kind of like when we all went from, you know, cell phones to smartphones. Electric vehicles are the smartphones of automobiles not you know i know that some internal gust combustion engines still have a lot of technology in them i know that but just in general this tesla that i'm driving now you really should just if you're if you're at all interested in these cars elon musk aside check out rentelectric.ca because you can take it out for a couple of days kind of like i am i'm just trying this out for the weekend and yeah, man, you get in. It's so easy. Pairs you all that stuff that you'd wanted to do. How it pairs with your phone and all this other stuff. It's just it's all so easy and it's on a screen. And everyone that gets into the car, my both of my daughters were in recently with me, and they're like, "Is that it? That screen is it?" I say, "Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the whole that's the whole car right there." <laughs> so check it out: evnet.ca/slash/rent or rentelectric.ca. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, give us a... Did we do the dog update on the... On the show, or was that beforehand, where Clifford is much better? He's now taking his pain-killing medicine, and uh, he is, he's doing better. Yes. Um, then, yeah, can you do me a favor? Can you just either turn your mic up or get closer to it? Because I, I don't know why I'm just not seeing en- enough volume on your... Well, my lips are touching. But anyway... No, you're good now, because for a while there, during I think during the spot there, I just looked down, and your, your VUs were a little low. But anyway, uh, yeah. So Clifford's better on his uh, uh, pain-killing medicine, uh, which is good. And uh, you saw the specialist yesterday. Yeah. So yesterday I went to see my cardiologist, the magical Dr. Luxetti. Guy's great. And uh, before I saw him, they did an EKG and check my blood pressure. They take six readings. And um, my EKG and my blood pressure were that of somebody that had never had an incident. Uh, My heart isn't uh, being interrupted anymore by these beats that go crazy. And then I had, uh, you know, I don't know. We've talked a lot about the medical community and how sometimes you see a doctor, not mine, but you've you've talked about how they're they're rushed and they don't really sit down and talk to you. Mm hmm. But I saw both my GP a couple days ago, Sharif, and um, this guy yesterday, and and they weren't they didn't seem to be in any hurry. I had a list of questions for him, and uh, the bottom line is, I said to him, you know, one of the things I wanted to talk about was me going away again. And I said, what well, you know, what were, what are your thoughts about me going away for a couple months? And he says, yeah, you're fine. I don't need to see you again for six months. I said, really? He said, yeah. Uh, he looked at, because I had a stress test two weeks ago. I had an echocardiogram. I had all this stuff done. And his, you know, his uh, opinion was, based on what he's seeing from me now and the fact that I'm on medication, I'm, I'm good to go. Now, I have to make some decisions. I'm going to see the specialist. They, they, have, they got me an appointment in January, but I've got to make some decisions soon about booking flights and all that stuff with an eye towards like, okay, if I have to cancel, you know, you know I'll, it'll cost me some amount of money if I had to cancel a flight here or there. But I think I'm going to go ahead and start making some plans again because according to him and the way I feel now three weeks out, I, I should be okay. So that's the bottom line. Well, that's encouraging. Yes, it was very encouraging. But you were going to ask him what caused it. And, and, uh, well, he can... no, that's what I was going to say. So, yeah, that was I had a bunch of questions, including weed and coffee and chocolate and exercise and things like that and sex. And um, so in no particular order, we talked a little bit about coffee. He said, yeah, you know, maybe introduce it slowly and I, I haven't had a real coffee in almost three weeks and I don't really miss it I've been drinking decaf and it's really just you know during the show something warm to drink mm-hmm. we talked about he said there's very little caffeine in chocolate don't worry mm-hmm. uh, he did say something interesting about weed though which I have not had since I went to Mexico so it's been three weeks and the amount of weed I smoked wasn't a great amount it was just a regular amount I was just smoking it every day 
sort of coincided with uh, when I turned the TV on, which is about, I, I try not to turn any television on until after 7 o'clock. It's kind of my, during the winter, I don't want to be sitting there all day being amused by a show or watching Netflix. So, you know, around 7-ish, I would have a little bit of something and then smoke it until I went to bed. And here's what he said. He said, alcohol and marijuana for, for arrhythmia and tachycardia, which is what I have. What they do is they lower the threshold of when you might have some, uh, not an attack, but it might trigger it. I'm just looking here. It says Noel Kassler has entered the waiting room. I wonder why. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Let me just say stand by until I well, let's bring him on. Maybe he wants to say something. No, just quickly, though. He mentioned sex, too. What was the recommendation there? Use the screen protector. <laughs> That's a good one. So I said to stand the other night. I took the, as I took the computer upstairs, I said, well, it's date night. <laughs> <laughs> you like that one? <laughs> uh, so he he didn't say don't smoke weed. Mm-hmm. You know, I sort of my takeaway was, you know, maybe introduce it slowly. But I can tell you, like, unlike alcohol, which I had no control over, mm-hmm. we admitted that we were powerless over alcohol. Um. I don't have any issue with marijuana. Like, I haven't smoked it in three weeks, and it's there. And, you know, Dan's been here a couple times, and he smoked it when I didn't. I don't. I just don't have the same, whatever, what do you call it, a compulsion? Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm going to let it, I'm going to leave it alone for a while till my, till I get a couple of months under my belt. Because I'll tell you the truth is, I would rather be in good shape to go back to Mexico Mm-hmm. to go to uh, where I'm going to go to visit my brother and then possibly go to back to San Miguel. You know, listen, uh, there's definitely something about that altitude that may have triggered it. And so I'll be mindful of that if I go back. Mm-hmm. That uh, when you're at 6,000 feet, your heart works harder. And in my case, because my heart was maybe working harder to get oxygen to my blood, mm-hmm. it triggered this arrhythmia. But, you know, I'm going to be on this medication for the next year. He's given me a prescription. And I actually said that to him. I said, how long is this for? He goes, for the next year. But I was encouraged by the fact that he said, I don't need to see you for six months. And then he shared my information with this specialist, this amazing guy. And again, people talk about the healthcare in Canada. But I got a call yesterday afternoon from the specialist book. And I'm, I'm booked in four weeks. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not waiting until the fall. I'm going to see this guy on the 9th of January. And, you know, he, pardon me? That's good. It is good. So that's it. Um, I say I feel pretty good. I, you know, I, I will say these drugs I'm on, I'm, I'm still getting used to them. They uh, definitely interrupt my sleep. And they, um, you know, I can feel, you know, a little more tired maybe. You know, last night I was falling asleep at 9.15. I just was. I was, uh, I was tired. I went to sleep. But, you know, by the time I went to sleep, it was quarter to 10. But that's fine. I don't mind that. Well, I hit the hay before nine last night on the couch fighting to keep my eyes open and i thought well why don't i just go to bed yeah 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 that's that what al- i did the altitude there in uh, san miguel too 
I mean, you got to be mindful of that. When you when you go back, just walk in a crouch all the time. <laughs> this is going to get an oxygen tank. Hey, Manuel, this is my little buddy, Manuel the oxygen tank. I don't, you know, I mean, I'll be honest with you. That part scares me a little bit, but now I know what to expect. He also told me if I ever feel those symptoms again, that I can actually take more of the beta blocker. Like I'm on a very low dose of it. And he said that to me. He said, listen, man, if you start to feel those symptoms, go ahead, take a couple extras, take another one. You can take it up to three times a day. And so I also have now a guy there, Dr. Jorge Alvarez de la Cadena, uh, a cardiologist there. So I'll be able to, and I'm going to make contact with him and say, hey, just so you know, here's what my doctor said. Would you be okay if I came to visit you when I'm there just to see how I'm doing and make sure that I'm all right? So that gives me some comfort that I would have somebody there that I could lean on a little bit. Sure. As far as the insurance goes, I'm going to double check that. But, you know, we've talked about the chamber plan now for six years. And Mm -hmm. because it's group insurance, it's not like applying for Blue Cross. Mm -hmm. Because I asked him that question yesterday. I said, does this mean I have a pre-existing condition? He says, what do you mean? Like for insurance? I said, yeah. Do I have a heart condition? He said, yes, you do. So I imagine if I were applying for Blue Cross, they might have a thing or two to say. Oh, absolutely. What would they say? A more expensive or refuse me? One of the two. Probably more expensive to the point where you wouldn't want to bother anyway. Right. So that's a concern. But, again, under the chamber plan, the way it's, as a group benefit, the way it's structured, I think you're good to go. Is Noel still there or did he go away? He, he went away. Mm. Um, yeah, maybe he was logging on with yeah. I'm going to say Boone just uh, sent me a note. He said, uh, I, Noel just uh, wrote me to say he screwed up and he'll see you Wednesday. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that's, good. uh, That's encouraging. It is. You know, I mean, listen, man, we've talked about food and we've talked about growing old and, you know, it's just, I'm going to do everything I can. And, and I started the Noom thing again this week because I want to get my weight where I want it. I want to be in as good a shape as I can be when I go back there. To- yeah, when I same here. When I leave mid-January, I want to be at about 170 pounds. So if I'm sitting on the beach having a couple of beers, I'm not going to be thinking. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> instead, of, instead of heading towards 185, I'm going to be heading towards 175. and right you know walk a lot and again the less weight you carry the more you feel like doing stuff yes it's just so hand in hand and and, you know from a cardiological standpoint which everyone has to be considering as you get older not just someone like me with a condition now but whatever you know for every pound that you're not carrying and for every incremental increase in walking like i've done more walking this week um, I asked him about exercise. I can get back to exercising. So I'm going to go back to working on my work, my little golf workout routine, because every percentage that you decrease the um, workload on your heart is got to be good for you, especially as we get older. Sure. Absolutely. Anyway, so that's the uh, update. And, and I'm uh, lucky, too, because Delise is very, very food 
health conscious mm-hmm. too, and it makes it so much easier when your partner is in line, in tune with what you do, you're doing, or you, what you want to do. It really is. You know what I mean? Oh no, absolutely. We're never in a position where I say, "Oh, tonight I just want salad and some fish." That's it. And she's, "Yeah, okay, yeah, I'm into." That. <laughs> no, exactly. Because you know, sometimes that can be an issue if uh, you don't connect that way, right? No, for sure. If if doll was a <laughs> if doll was a you know a sloppy hag. <laughs> <laughs> if doll was a sloppy hag who just wanted french yeah. fries for every meal you know it would be difficult right yeah <laughs> my, my thoughts exactly <laughs> oh, really is that what you were gonna say um okay uh let's uh you know I, we got a lot of stuff to get through before dan duran's news and uh mike boone's appearance so uh let me uh let me get it all lined up here we go and uh, we, why don't we say this? Uh, today, the uh, emails are brought to you by our good friends at Kelsey's, the original Roadhouse. Uh, don't forget, it's uh, wing night. It's Thursdays. As Freddie, you're going there tonight. I'm going there tomorrow. And don't forget, you can also enter for that amazing uh, Super Bowl prize, a chance to go see Super Bowl 57. Hi, All guys. Right. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. And and we start with Kelsey's is kicking. This is our buddy Eric Trombley. Hi, guys. Made it out to Kelsey's last week for the first time since pre-pandemic. Wow. We forgot how fun the atmosphere is. The Kingston staff were really great and even offered to take our picture. We enjoyed some fabulous burgers and drinks. We'll be back soon. Stay strong, Eric Trombley. Hundy P and proud shitter plaque wall inductee. And uh, to to, uh, explain that, uh, when we first moved into our new studio, uh, we had a a bathroom installed by the great uh, Chris Emanuel, and people contributed to it through a uh, a GoFundMe, and whoever contributed got their name on a plaque just outside the shitter. So that explains that. Yeah, it was really nice to hear. It always is great to hear from everybody, but Eric has been such a great supporter of us. Amherst Island uh, Radio. You've heard us mention that on the show many, many times. And, you know, I'm not surprised he went to support us because that's what he does. He's just a very nice person. Hi, guys. Uh, This came up a couple times. Uh, First up, uh, the the point is, you know, for many years, Phil was part of our show. It's interesting because Freddie and I were talking about Phil. Maybe it was yesterday after the show. And it's been almost a year since Phil left us. But one of Phil's themes over the years was that we should watch what we're saying because of the Chinese secret police. And two, and two different emails came in today. This first one from Sean McKay. He says, uh, was Phil right? And it's a story from CBC. You may have all seen it. About China operating a police station out of Vancouver, says civil rights groups. And uh, I've seen this story about, uh, you know, the Chinese government having a police presence here in Canada. So it wasn't just some fantasy that Phil had. Yeah, I don't know what to make of it. I got to get into it more. And if that's true, they should go and shut it down and throw them in jail. Well, you'd think so, except I I just read it last week when it came up. And from what I remember, it's actually there for Chinese citizens to deal with um, some bureaucracy. It's not like they're keeping an eye on them. It's set up for 
from what I remember, I, this could be a different story, but what I remember or recall is that, that it was there to help uh, citizens who had immigrated to Canada deal with Howard, some government. I, when I see a story like that, I think there's got to be more to this story. If the headline is a secret policing, it's right. like, okay, seems a bit far-fetched. Let's scratch below the surface. And you explaining that, see, now it starts to make sense to me. It's probably something of that level, as long as it's sanctioned like or legal or they're not overstepping their bounds by having such a thing. Yeah. But again, I read a story like that, and I think, oh, I think this is just one of those hysterical fucking stories. To get. Well, as you said, there's more to it than just the Chinese police are here in Canada. Right. Uh, but uh, thank you very much for your uh, email. That's Sean McKay. The next one, uh, subject line, a little bit broken. Uh, from a guy named Tony? Yeah. Yes. Hi, guys. I don't know if you know, but Roz Weston has a new book out. I think it uh, would be great, a great interview if you had him on your show. I know he has a great amount of respect for you guys. Just a suggestion. Best, Tony. Uh, I'll throw this to you because... like I, like I, I had heard of Ro, like I didn't honestly. I just Roz went. I didn't know who he was to be honest. And then I'm reminded Roz and Mocha who were on ninety two point five. And then oh yeah, I've heard of that before. But honestly, it's just sort of outside my world. But you are more familiar with this situation. Well, I just said to you after the show, I said, you know, I know I've met these guys and they seem like good dudes. And mm-hmm. I know that Roz has struggled with some mental health issues. And I know he was out promoting this book and. I thought, yeah, I sent it to Boone. You know, I'm trying to book him, but as Mike said, they're on at the same time we record this show. So it might, be, a, it might be tough. I have a solution. Yeah, what's I that? I have a solution there. Well, maybe one morning we're still sitting here. He probably gets off the air at nine. Maybe we could tape something and put it on. Yeah, I would do that. You know, if he gets off the air, you know, zooms right in, we do it. I mean, he could maybe he could be a nine o'clock interview. Yeah, why not? Because they, they must be they must wrap it up and not. I, I here's the thing. I didn't know who they were years ago, and then our friend Bingo Bob sent me a note uh, about something. I said, Oh, by the way, if you heard Ross and Mocha, they kind of reminded Bob of us, which I thought was very nice. And he said to me on and that's why I told you yesterday, Bob said, I think you'd like them. And that's all I needed to hear. Because Bobby's got, you know, he's got his head on straight. Oh, he's got it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this a certain degree of uh, aggravation for me through this, because then I as I investigate more, I find out Roz Weston is 48 years old and works at 90, uh, 92.5. Is it Kiss FM? Is it called Kiss FM? Yes, I believe it is. OK, which is probably would it not be an 1834? Excuse younger, younger for sure. Station? Yeah. And, you know, in our last couple of years at CFNY, the whole thing. Well, you're in your 40s now. You might be getting too old for the edge. Bull fucking shit to that. But in, in retrospect. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, look at Stern. This guy's 48 and, you know, going strong at a radio station because your age is between your ears. It's not your birth certificate. Well, and look at Stern. He's 67 yeah. years old and he still has a huge younger male audience. Now, I mean, today's show about Metamucil and heart attacks aside, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, uh, here, speaking of radio, just quickly before we get to the next email. Mm-hmm. I'm driving around in this car yesterday, cardiology appointment, doing some, you know, whatever. I was in the car for about an hour, and I, uh, I haven't transferred the Sirius over, and I don't have the app. I got rid of the app a long time ago, but I, there's a, an email coming up that reminded me I could just use the app. 
Um, well, what do you mean you get rid of the? I, I just don't, I don't have it on my phone. Well, it takes two seconds. No, to no, put it I know. That's not the point. All right. I was listening to Edge 102 yesterday all afternoon. First time I've listened to it in a long time because up until we started doing some work with EVNet, I just had Sirius XM on all the time, whether the golf or the CNN or Stern. And I listened to this radio station that we were part of. And you know what? There was somebody on. I, I looked up who she was. Her name is MK. And, and I, you know, she, it's not the station we were on anymore. But, you know, she, they, she did a really good job. They don't say call letters anymore. They don't back sell songs. She did a little front selling or talking about a band and then the band played. But it was in, it was interesting to me that, especially having been a disc jockey as long as I was, that a song ends and, you know, it was just tradition on most stations, even today, mm-hmm. where you say, you know, Edge 102, there's Bush and I'm MK. But what happens is the song ends and she just starts talking. And yeah. she was great. I'm just going to tell you that. She did a really good job. I don't know who she is. She, uh, but I was, I listened to a good hour of her show and heard lots of her breaks. And I thought, you know what, for the radio station that it is today, she was very good. So that's all I'm going to tell you. I know I've never heard of her. Maybe you have. Yeah. I just don't go there anymore. I have, I do have the serious thing. And I often, I go between, I have alt nation on quite often. So that's my edge fix without you know, long, long commercial walls, which they have still, you yeah. may have noticed. Yeah, for sure. And the spectrum, which goes, you know, new rock, old rock. Yeah, I like that. And even coffee house. And so I don't, there, any any appetite I have for music is just serviced by Sirius. It's and Lithium is another good one on Sirius. I like yeah. that one. Their morning show at Edge 102 is that brother and sister act, I believe. Oh, they're gone long Oh, no. Ago. Really? Last time I heard that, I fell off my dinosaur. Yeah. Oh, come on. They're long gone. Jay Brody and... Oh, yeah, Jay oh, Brody. Oh, right. You're right. You're right. Sorry. The group were there doing morning. And then Jay left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so it's the B team. No, the brothers. Right. It's the B yeah. team. But here's the reason I, br- I brought it up then. Okay, I'm sorry. So I think the B team... I don't think they have an afternoon show. Because when MK was done... The, the B team came on and all it is is rec- it was breaks they had done that morning I think I don't know it's interesting the name of the show the B team I remember when we left the edge one of the things I said to Jason Barr is make sure you get your name on this show okay by the way I'm wrong it's uh, Coulter and Meredith I'm, I'm sorry okay. Coulter and Meredith do the afternoon show Coulter and Meredith okay yeah yeah. Whoever they are. No, I just remember saying to, I remember saying to Jason Barr, get your name on the show. I said, that's important. I said, for obviously for negotiation reasons, like when your name's there, you're on the marquee. It means something. And I remember at the beginning they did. Remember it was Dean, Sandra, and, uh, and Jay. somehow yeah, some yeah. power play took place and all of a sudden it became the Dean Blundell show. And I know that didn't go over well with the support staff, but <clears throat> it was good for Dean. Yeah. Uh, and then the evening show is Alan Cross from uh, 7 to 8 with the ongoing history of uh, music, I guess. can't believe he'd drive into that station every night and do that <laughs> yeah, All right. Wow, that's something. Yeah, hard to believe. You know, because he cares more than people. He cares more than most people. Indeed. <laughs> He's happy to go in for one hour a day.
Uh, this is another one, basically same story. Dangerous concerns raised about possible Chinese secret police from our friend on the West Coast, Glenn Jones. Just repeats the uh, thing. Thought you might have got it. Basically reiterates the fact that maybe Phil was right and he was being watched. Thank you, Glenn Jones. Always great hearing from you. One of our uh, top uh, West Coast undies. Uh, uh, the next one is from Jeffrey Kilborn, Fred. Yeah, woke me up before you go go. A clever uh, title, uh, subject. Hi guys, I was ordering chicken tonight and was asked if I wanted white or dark meat. I replied, "I'm so woke, I don't see chicken color." <laughs> he said it killed. I'll tell you how it was gold. Gold. Uh, thanks for the inspiration. Stay strong, uh, Jeff. A very nice, J.K. Always great Hi, hearing from you. Uh, next one, subject line is poop. What's that? I read this, poop, sir. I have. I cannot make. I have not. Do you understand any of this? Um, it's well. You take this one. Well, it's from Martin Lai. That's what's important to recognize. Martin has uh, taken time out of his life or their life. Mm-hmm. It basically says, "I work at work. I was doing a timed chemical test and shit myself." <laughs> that's basically it. Oh, okay, right. Because, uh, yeah, beyond, I don't... Yeah, there's a lot of other details about other people shitting themselves, and uh, <laughs> and then his supervisor looks like two people had a dump. And then there was underwear somewhere, and it went missing. It went missing, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I really think the crux of it is that Martin shit himself. Right. There was another guy at work who shit himself. Yeah. And he and the boss confirmed that some shit had happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, we appreciate the. But the point is, we appreciate you, Martin. Thank you. Hi guys, and thank you for your honesty. Hi guys. Dean McDermott update from Judy um, Solakovsky, I think is how you pronounce that. Judy Solakovsky. Oh right, and she had just forwarded the People magazine article. Thank you very right. much for Judy, because that's actually the first place I saw it. So thank you for that. It came in early the other morning, and. Uh, uh, Judy, thank you for being a humble and Fred correspondent. Mm-hmm. Always appreciated, Julie. Hi, uh, this next one's from Mike Primo Hi, and his subject line, Vet Emergencies. And it's a reference to something I said because I was talking to Dan about Clifford, the big red dog. And I said there was a vet emergency center close to us here on the Queensway. And he said, hey, Howard, I heard you mention the vet emergency clinic near you. Just FYI, I think you meant the place on Jutland. And yes, I did. He says that moved last year. Uh, just like the brother and sister team at the edge. I don't mm. know. It's now near Queensway and Cothra, which is good to know. Should I ever need that for a sweet stand? No need to mention this on the air. Well, we did. Just wanted to make sure you knew it moved since time can matter in an emergency. Hope Clifford is okay. All of those things are true. Thank Hi you, guys. Mike. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Charlie, the name from Diane Antonagajeli. Huh. Antonagajeli or Antonagajeli? Yeah. Diane Antonagajeli. Hola. Or no. What is that in Italian? What do people say? Buongiorno. Fangura. Fangura. Go go ahead. Hello, boys. Had to throw in my two cents on the child names you spoke of uh, on the 1st of December. Howard, my son, who's now 27, was a definite Charlie, boy or girl. 
I remember you having your daughter and called her Charlie and thought that was a great name for either gender. A couple of years ago, my kid was in B.C. on a business trip, called me from a lounge where he was staying, and he asked me why he was named Charlie. After I asked him why, duh, he said he was sitting with a woman he met who was named Charlie after the commercial of Charlie the Perfume. That's right. Remember that one? Kind of fun, kind of now. Charlie. Right. He was also named Charlie after the perfume. Is that freaky or what? He and I and the woman named Charlie were both speechless at the coincidence, and it was the coolest. It was the coolest meet. A stranger in a bar, a woman named Charlie, the perfume, my kid named for the same reason. Wow, wow, wow. Just thought I'd throw that at you. Then try naming your next kid. Can't top that, but sorry, too much pressure. She's got a definite female name. Diane from Kaladin. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what happened when, uh, after having Charlie, and at the time we named Charlie, Charlie, very rare did you hear a, a female name for a, or a boy name for a girl or whatever non-gender specific and then uh we couldn't have like just a regular name for our second daughter child and that's where spencer came from right that's diane from caledon uh i know gordon's becoming a very popular girl's name now too it's funny how that evolved by the way fred's a a great name for a girl and that that woman on uh, cn yeah they call her freddie frederica yeah but no one calls her frederica and she's a juice factory. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's cool. Mm-hmm. Fred for a girl. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Uh, this is from uh, Food Prices or Subject Line Food Prices. Martin Lai again uh, on CNN. Lots of comments about hungry kids when Biden speaks, but I think parents feed kids, not the government. Well, I don't agree with that. Price gouging by food suppliers is real. I do agree with that. Parents can only give uh, their kids food that they can afford you know we talked about this recently about the price of food for a canadian family of four is going up somewhere north of a thousand dollars in 2023 and uh yeah i mean maybe that that price gouging maybe the somewhere i started with supply chain and uh you know we're paying a lot more money for you know food at the grocery store maybe they could help us out a bit Well, they are. They're very bad citizens, as far as I'm concerned. You know, how do you explain, and I saw some of them try to wiggle out of it this week with these convoluted explanations. How, okay, and we'll take Loblaws in particular. Compared to last year, a 30% increase in profits. How do you explain that? Yeah. Like, sorry, there's no other explanation that you saw. Listen, oh, this... uh, uh, this inflation thing, oh, that should go up 10%. Let's put it up 25 and blame it on that. To think that that doesn't happen is just naive. Yeah. Because how do you explain those profit margins? So here we are, all citizens of the world, citizens of Canada, and they're just being shitty, shitty citizens. They are. Yeah, People Galen, Weston, and all of them. Like, why? hey, go, yeah, I'm glad your profits yeah. are up, but how about 15%? Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, you knock 15% off that increase in a Canadian family of four, well, now it's down a couple hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, where that term greedflation comes from. It's, yeah, some of it's inflation. Listen, the average logical thinking person can get their head around it. We have spikes in inflation, you know, from time to time. It's cyclical. But this is, it's just a shame. Yeah, it is. And, and, and that's what's going on. It doesn't look good on them. No. 
Okay, uh, this is another if, one. If you work in the industry and have an, uh, you know, let us know. Give us your explanation or your excuse. And by the way, there's a theme on today's uh, email uh, special, which is some of the same people have emailed us a few times this week Hi on guys. different topics, and that's totally Hi fine, guys. by the way. It's not like one per customer. Here's another one from Glenn Jones, West Oak Marine Services on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Yours. Take it. Oh, okay. Hi, guys. Hi, I've guys. I've heard Howard mention a couple of times that he hasn't switched his serious service over to the EV. Depending on which subscription subscription you have, you should have access to the Sirius app. Uh, you then can listen through CarPlay. Uh, would make life easier as you are uh, rotating through the different demo cars. Yes, Glenn yeah, Jones. he's right. West Oak, West Oak Marine Services. And I don't have any defense boat, hmm? except for the fact that I, th- by, I thought by now, because of my... You know, interruption of the Mexico trip, etc. I was supposed to be in the car that I'm going to drive for the next little while and I was going to get it changed over. But yeah, you're right. I could just get the app again and log in and have uh, access to uh, Sirius XM. Okay. Thank you, uh, Glenn. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Uh, Jennifer Kelly has uh, weighed in again. She says, have a great week, guys. And uh, because uh, she has become uh, one of our main audio correspondence and she's figured out that we need them to be shorter here for this week's look at the humble and fred show is jennifer kelly well hello good morning guys i have 45 seconds i'm totally gonna do this sorry if there's background noise i know how particular howard is about uh how clear people are when they're guests so hopefully it's not too bad but you know what dan you're really showing your age big brother is not watching it's okay gmail's fine and do you have a Roomba? Because if you do, then I feel like the Roomba people know your vacuuming patterns. And I was going to go to Kelsey's, but sadly, it's all gone. It's torn down at Queensway. I'm not driving to the burbs, but next time. And totally funny story. I was telling my friend how I'm back into you guys again, and she was sharing a story with me when she went to the Phoenix, I don't know, many years ago. And there were condoms being handed out, and the condom packages had your faces on them. And she said, after that, I didn't even need the condom because just the <laughs> pictures of the two of them was enough to prevent any type of sex. <laughs> and I was going to ask about if there was any word from Dean, but uh, Toronto Mike updated this last Thursday, so that's great. And my husband thinks I'm totally addicted to you guys. And I'm like, yeah, it's just like I'm sitting around with the old guys at Tim Hortons who are chit-chatting. So thanks very much. Have a great week. Great job, Jennifer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've uh, seen those. There's two things I found in this house somewhere in our moves back and forth was the condoms with our faces on the package and the Bell phone cards. Remember those? Mm-hmm. Like how old are we that we literally we had a, co- a contest at one point and gave out phone cards to people mm-hmm. <laughs> so they could so they could call on us. It's so dumb. But yeah, yeah. When when the, we had those condoms with our pictures on them, I guess Danny would have been about ten years old. Yeah, it's that long ago. And uh, him and his buddy Ryan Kimber, his buddy from the trailer, they used to not only spend time there, but sometimes he'd be at our house or whatever. And there was a couple of times I took them to events, and one of them at one of the events, one of the promo people told Ryan and Danny this ghost hand out the condoms that's funny and riot still brings that up i mean really there was nothing wrong with it but having a 10 year old handing out condoms in retrospect was a bit odd but and they laugh about it to this day you know we've never really heard from people but i wonder if anyone ever used them like they're in the middle of a romantic interlude and they're like hang on a second and they pull out the humble and fred condoms and you know did the 
Did they, was that funny to people or did they just say, you know, I need something to put on my wiener right now or I don't know. <laughs> I never used them. It was a, it was a clever promo. Well, oh, yeah. I was vasectomized long before that. Um, you know, we, speaking of clever promo and our friend Darren, who we brought up at the beginning of the show. This came up in Mexico. I can't remember who I was talking to about this, and we were talking about radio contests. And I said one of the most, one of the smartest, cleverest things I was ever involved in was this promotion that Darren came up with, uh, the anti-drinking driving campaign. And the tagline to that was, "There are no chicks in jail." Yeah. And I just, it's just for some reason, I remember that now because it was really such a smart idea. And yeah, again, our boy don't drink, don't drink and drive. Right. There's no chicks in jail. But yeah, really, really well done. And just another reason that station should survive to this day. Would that fly now? Uh, probably not. Nothing wrong with it, but just the way we're so sensitive to all that stuff. I wonder. All right, let's. Uh, we only got a couple more to go. Then Dandaran's news and Boone, and then uh, it's Humble and Fred weekend. Uh, this is from Nicole Kitchener, who ironically. Lives on the East Coast. Okay, so am I reading the whole thing? Hi, guys. Yeah, why not? It's your, I think, one and only PEI fan. You probably don't remember me. I have a horse farm, and I made Howard tear up in March 2021 because I told you guys how much mm-hmm. you've meant to me since the 102 days. Anyways, funny, interesting. Uh, you were talking about dreams the other day. I, too, had a dream recently. Picture a small hotel room. Two single beds, a window overlooking a tropical vista. Howard was sitting on the left-hand side of the bed looking at a cell phone. Dan and I were on the other side also looking at the phone. Howard was wearing a very tropical shirt. It was his golf shirt. I don't think it was appropriate golf attire. Dan looked over at me and asked, what? Uh, What I was wearing right then. Dan looked over at me and asked, what? I was wearing right then. I said I was in my blue jammy shorts and a t-shirt. He nodded, satisfied. Then we all looked over at the other bed. This is my favorite part, by the way. Just pause for a second. So we're in a bed. We're in a room. I'm in a tropical shirt. She's on. I'm on the phone. Her and Dan are talking. And then this is my favorite part. They look over at the bed. (laughs) Fred was laid out flat, also in a wild tropical shirt and beige pants, mouth wide open, fast asleep snoring dan howard and i laughed that's it that's my dream Nicole oh. from pei isn't that Thank nice you. isn't that what, what that's very vivid very vivid and like what would you know you always wonder what initiates yeah dreams. what did you eat that initiated that happened of course yeah i'm the guy on the bed late <laughs> <laughs> unattractive image yes oh well no but you know it's I, it did remind me that i've shared a hotel room with you uh, a few years ago we were on a golf trip for a club link together and i two things i remember one is how fast you fall asleep like in the middle of talking to me <laughs> you just fell asleep and then i was reminded about yeah you snore a little well, i snore now too apparently but yeah Anyways, thank you uh, very much, Nicole Kitchener from Cornwall, <laughs> not Cornhole, Cornwall, PEI. Hi, guys. And uh, the final word today to uh, our friend Julie Fleming. Uh, subject line, Kanye's rant. 
And this goes back to, this was sent a week ago, Friday, so after last Thursday's show. Hi, guys. Howard, I'm sure you've seen, heard, read about Kanye's anti-Semitic rant yesterday on Alex Jones. Yes, I did. Along with that fucking turd, Nick Fuentes. Those are my words. It'll be amongst the most viewed segments this year, which is scary and sad. She's right. Then she goes on to say, Dave Chappelle cannot be blamed for Kanye's blatantly dangerous anti-Semitic speech yesterday. Although I do believe his SNL monologue emboldened Kanye, which I agree. Kanye saw another African-American star getting laughs as he mocked Jews. Why not double down by dining with Trump and Fuentes and then go all out on Alex Jones? She goes on to say, I love Chappelle's comedy, as I do, but I'm angry at him and I wish he would speak out now. So there's the end of that. On another note, she says, if you haven't seen Neil Brennan's Netflix special, which I had, it's called Blocks. Chappelle uh, co-wrote The Chappelle Show with this guy, Neil Brennan. Neil directed a lot of that stuff as well. And uh, he's really, really, he's really funny. He's really smart. And she says, I've now listened to this special five times. It's really deep, funny, timely, and very genuine. And I agree with all of that. And um, yeah, we really didn't, you know, it's funny this week. She says, have a good weekend. Anyway, I went back and forth with her discussing all of this. So I won't get into it, except to say that, yeah, like uh, it's all part of the same continuum of, can you, I just said to her, you know, you can never imagine, you know, and by the way, if you haven't seen Kanye, he's wearing a gimp mask, talking about what a great guy Hitler is, how the Holocaust, as he said, there's proof it didn't happen. And on and on and on. But I always come back to the same thing. If a Jewish guy was in a gimp mask talking to Jake Tapper about how slavery didn't happen and how the blacks are this and the Chinese are that and I mean, whatever, you can imagine. I just know that it's, it's, we'd all still be talking about it. But it's been a week now and I don't see any reference to Kanye on Alex Jones anywhere anymore. Now, I know it's part of the reason that news moves fast and you know, we've all moved on to what an idiot Herschel Walker is, but it is interesting that, mm-hmm. you know, it it's is. just kind of been, it's kind of faded away until the next weird anti-Semitic thing happens. And, you know, Trump hasn't clearly come out and, and, um, what's the word, you know, denounced, denounced, that's it, denounced, he just hasn't, there was some little sideway thing, but, de- and then yesterday I see, you know, they're talking to Lindsey Graham and they're saying, you know, this is another strike against Trump. And Lindsey Graham looks at the camera and goes, "If you, well, if that's what you think, you're on the wrong road. So there's part of this Lindsey Graham creep, disgusting, putrid human being that he is, that is still wants to hold on to Donald Trump just in case, just in case, just in case Trump somehow weasels through again, which yeah. could happen when you break down. The oh, road. no, it could. You know, so people vote for him and people will vote for him again. I'm curious. That's what he said, yeah, he's so he, he he's he's such a slimeball, so wants to hold on to his parking spot that he's trying to pre- pretend now that, that you, you can't blame that on Trump. Well, you know, even uh, the other day I was talking about somebody, one of these senators that was interviewed and so it might have been uh, Kevin McCarthy or Mc- McConnell or whatever. Um Donald Trump wants to uh, get rid of the Constitution. Would you still would you still vote him? Would you still support him as president? Oh, yeah, I guess. Because I if a Democrat had said, I want to get rid of the the Constitution, Mm -hmm. they just shut it all down. But um, 
Yeah, Lindsey Graham. If I were, I'm curious why a reporter, maybe they've done this and they know we haven't seen it yet. But I would walk up to him if I could, if I was a reporter, and say, here's a clip of you. Uh-huh. Just watch this. Where in 2015 you said, if we elect uh, Donald Trump, it'll, be the ruin, ruin, it'll ruin our party and we'll deserve it. And all these terrible things that you guys said when he was the candidate in the primaries. What about this now? How come you, you know, like, I just can't imagine that there's a world that he doesn't remember that. Mm-hmm. Well, he does, but it's, you know, it's just the lie game. It's just, it's, was it Dan who said that yesterday or you, that it's just to lie now is just totally acceptable. No, it was Dan. You lie, you move on, pretend you never said it or have an excuse for saying it. But I mean, to his haircut, to his stature, to his voice, to his look, to his accent Lindsey Graham is there he is such a despicable human being yeah and then on top of that what he said yesterday and it's like you go down in the you know his jurisdiction or whatever and there are people yeah I'll vote for yeah Lindsey I'll vote for Lindsey again yeah and, yeah. and by the way it's, good idea. it's the 8th of December and somewhere in the first week or so they will change the Congress from Democrat to Republican. And you want to talk about fasten your seatbelts because it's going to be just nonstop subpoenas and impeachments and just it's going to be something that'll just distract everyone. You want to talk about like if this January 6th thing, what should be the most important thing in that country that a president tried to overthrow an election. How that's not talked about every day is beyond me. But they're going to sweep that aside because that that uh, that change in balance of power there is more significant than the Senate. Mm-hmm. Because the Marjorie Taylor Greens of the world and all these McCarthy's, they're all just going to go on a free for all for a couple years in in a way that we may not have seen before. And that's saying something. Although I've heard. The opinion that, you know, between now and then, they may get their act together and realize that if they get into all this oversight stuff, it'll be a disaster, disaster for 2024. Really, their best their best way through this would be ignore that and legislation push through because they have no they've got no legislative record. Uh, Yeah, they got nothing. Right. That would be their key to 24. If they want to stop down and investigate Hunter Biden and all these things. Which may be on some level need to be investigated. Let's not be naive, but it might not be the best strategic thing between twenty two and twenty four if they want to get back to the White House. Okay, well, thanks to everyone that uh, sent us notes. We really appreciate it. It does uh, make us feel good. Even the guy that said we we're too danks full of hate that gave us some uh, material. And uh, again, I hate Lindsey Graham. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, well, there's lots of people we do, you know, because mm. you said at the start of the show, you know, other than Trump, you know, we got a lot of people we hate. Mm. There's a lot of hate on this show. I but should you know, said, I should have said Trump and his ilk. Yeah, but there's also a lot of love on the show. I, for instance, I love this song. My buddy Andrea England, I played it at the beginning of the week. I wanted to play it again because 
I just I just like it. It's it's the perfect kind of Christmas melancholy. And while we listen to Andrea, here's uh, our boy Fred talking about these nice people. Yeah, the Chambers Plan, Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group insurance plan for small business. Thirty thousand Canadian businesses are part of it. They've been around for forty years. Here's what to do if you've thought about getting a uh, benefits package for your small business. And believe me, it's solid as a rock. Go to chamberplan.ca today. Beyond getting a free quote, you can read a lot of testimonials. And there's a lot that is said within that. You know, the names of the businesses, the people attached to the businesses, what they have to say about the Chamber Plan and how it's worked for them. From prescriptions to dental. And again, we've spent a lot of time talking about the travel aspect, which is important. Your employees travel. And to have that security is very important. A mental health aspect to this, an HR component. It's all there. The Chamber Plan. Chamberplan.ca Feeling young I just heard from Andrea. I sent her a nice note or a, a note. I wanted to tell her how much I enjoyed the song. And she said, I really appreciate you guys playing it. It seems to be catching on. Uh, they were one of the top downloads this week, and they got a request from CBC. Lots of music blogs are mentioning it. Crossing our fingers for Sirius XM and CHFI. I think it's one of those, I guess a lot of people do feel melancholy around the holidays. And... Uh, yeah, and what, what, during one of my cooking episodes uh, yesterday, I was playing this. I like that line. It's the best and worst time of the year. Oh, okay. oh yeah. someone that loves Christmas. He still believes in the fantasy. You know who didn't celebrate Christmas, Dan? Who didn't celebrate Jesus. Christmas? Jesus! Oh, because he inspired it. Yes. Did he? Jesus Christ. The, Christmas. He inspired yeah. it, did he? Yeah. He so did. you know why he didn't <laughs> You know why he didn't celebrate Christmas? Why? Because he celebrated Hanukkah, Dan, because he was a baby Jew. Oh, right. Yeah, he, was he was a little a Jew. Jew baby. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ Almighty, I must run up my nighty, bit my tit, maybe shit. shit. Jesus Christ Almighty. That's that, Dan? <laughs> that's, that's Is from, that a sermon for you, Dan? Dan? that's from the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> and the Lord said, Jesus Christ Almighty, bit my tit, and made me <laughs> shit. Made shit. It would. If somebody bites your tit, it would make you shit. That's right. Oh. And I would like to talk to you today about if a mouse bites your tit. <laughs> Humble and Fred's alternative Bible. That's right. Yeah. Good. Well, thanks for that, guys. You know, it lightened up the whole thing uh, entirely. (laughs) Dan's uncomfortable with two subjects, the Bible and Jesus and that other thing. You know, I won't mention it because we haven't mentioned it today at all. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Whenever you get on that subject, he wants to change the subject. He's so different than you and I because uh, (laughs) if uh, we were so well endowed, it's all we'd be talking about. (laughs) I'd have it in my name. <laughs> I'd like you to meet Howard, Big Dick Glassman. What are you saying? He's a big dick? Yeah, he's a big dick. But he also has a big dick. Jesus Christ Almighty, I must run up my nighty. I bit my tit and made me shit. Jesus Christ Almighty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Dan, Dan, would you ever sing that song? No. 
why just because you've got class or because it's a bit blasphemous or whatever well probably a little bit more on the the class part no you are more classy oh, yeah, for Mr. sure class, <laughs> he is definitely no that's true you are definitely classier than fred and i we're just a fucking <laughs> we way like we just you know here's the thing we have no governor when it comes to trying to be funny you have a governor oh. <laughs> you have a governor i respect it mm-hmm. i wish i had it some days but yeah. no, um, I think you would be, if you could maybe record a Dan Duran version of Jesus Christ on Monday and must run on Monday. With my own lyrics, you mean? Okay. No, with uh, like, do it like a choral, like, Jesus Christ Almighty. Oh, some sort of, uh, yeah, okay. I must run up yeah. Monday. And yeah, one of those. Going to be, are you going to be singing Christmas carols at all in Peterborough this year at the Guild? Will there be like a Christmas um, pageant or something? That would no, there's a, there's a show on right now called The Little Prince, which is uh, lots of kids in it, but that doesn't uh, run into Christmas. Yeah, so it's very cool. It's a nice little tale. Um, but I uh, uh, I will be singing Christmas carols throughout. You know what? Something I haven't done for a long time. I, I, I was a kid. I loved it. Was the uh, was the advent calendar yes every every day of the month towards christmas you'd be opening a little window and in my in my world there was no gift behind it It was just you know let's see what's behind this little cardboard flap and see what not a a chocolate you can get them with chocolate oh yeah you can it's all commercial so you would open up each window and and see which part of the fake story you were being indoctrinated into that day (laughs) (laughs) no really what would be behind the door Oh, I don't know. A picture of uh, some, some exactly what Howard's talking about. <laughs> well, it would be like some, a, no, a Bible, right. something or other. Oh, it, would be, it, would be, it would be Jesus. Oh, that's it, so creepy. It would be Jesus Christ in a nighty. The next one would be a mouse biting a tit. <laughs> yeah. I think it was even the same calendar every year. It sure it was. It sparkles on it. It had sparkles all over it. So getting wow. back to the guild in uh, Peterborough, you guys are putting on the little prince. Is that about Prince the Artist? Uh, you know, 99... Uh, party like it's 99 or a little prince the baby jesus no there's no it's not a religious thing at all it's about oh. some uh, you know uh, traveler that uh, ends up on uh, in a desert somewhere and uh, i don't know planets turn into people i can't i haven't seen it yet but um it's, you plan uh, it's on it? do you plan on it of course i plan on seeing it. you, you gotta no, go you don't have to the buy press. a ticket either because yeah, you're yeah. A, a director no no i no I, well yeah uh, no, I do. I have to buy a ticket if I go. But you're a director. No, but that, I know what you mean. I mean. When I was involved with the kids' theater here, you got to pay for the tickets. Yeah. You're trying to support yeah. the theater. It's uh, well, what's part the use of, of being a director if you don't get free stuff? You're there to help, my friend. Yes. Oh, okay. I can but, stick my head in yes. and watch a few seconds as a director, you know, or yeah, the building yeah. manager, yeah, yeah. vice president of operations over there. Have you know? You no, know, I do know. So, yeah. Um, maybe you could take uh, the song that we... <laughs> Maybe what you could do is you could take the song that we like and you could put it into all of your favorite, you know. uh, (laughs) I saw three tits on Christmas Day and mouse ran up my nighty then. Yeah, Dan's a very good singer, by the way, everyone. Mm -hmm. I used to sing in a lot of choirs and yes, you did madrigal groups and things like that. That was a lot of fun in the, when I did that. Yeah, and do you still go to? Uh, you used to do this. You used to go to this church here and uh, sing in a choir. Yeah, no, I don't do that anymore. When I moved to Peterborough, I didn't. I, I just wasn't. I wasn't part of the 
the landscape. It was when I was in Toronto because the the church was just right around the corner. I didn't really have to go anywhere. Right. Just walk, you know, half a block and where it was. Just all worked out. Well, that's a great story, Dan. <laughs> well, Do I don't know. More? Do you have any what? What's that, Fred? Does he have any more stories, like news stories? <laughs> All right. Uh, I forgot this. Where Dan's yeah. here to do the news. And I'm you can... here, yeah. We were talking about Christmas. All right, right. Well, I know Sunny, that makes you uncomfortable. It makes you uncomfortable. Listen, I get it, right? No, I know. We, <clears throat> have a, we have a real divide here between you and I and this deeply religious man. But listen, I think this could be a great example of how the two sides can live in harmony. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be conflict. No. <laughs> you know. Some people believe in science and reality, and some people live in a fantasy world where maybe Jesus is floating over your bed. And we just don't have to blow each other up. That's all. No, exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. Catholic Church blow each other. (laughs) (laughs) It's fun. Yeah. Fun. You know, if any, or I don't want to get into it, but if any other organization had a reputation for, you know, fucking little kids and they just kept doing it, they'd be like, maybe they shut those guys down. No. How do you but explain not, it? not the Catholic Church. No. How do you explain it? Who would have thought men in dresses have a problem with, you know, pedophilia? Mm-hmm. Not that there's anything wrong with men in dresses, by the way. Okay, Dad. We All right, Dan, we get it. Here's to a tale of a bit my tent to make me shit with a hell of a big wang. The quintessential anchor man, his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchor man, comes as fast for credentials he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchor man's here. He's prone to falling off his chair, but he's got a big wang, so he don't care, and his voice is nice and low. My voice is nice and low. And now live from Lisa's Place, brought to you by Aaron Ventures. Uh, we'll get into that in a second, but first with news and views, here is our very dear friend, the classy Dan Duran. Elon lost it. He's no longer number one. Uh-oh. The title of world's richest person. On Wednesday, according to Forbes' real-time billionaire rankings, uh, has gone to number two. So is uh, he lost? I mean, part of it is because he lost uh, uh, 3.4 billion uh, of his net worth uh, with with uh, Tesla. I guess the stock has been plummeting lately, and it's something to do with him being all tied up into uh, Twitter and leveraging Twitter. Do you know that the interest payment on his purchase to, of Twitter is like a billion billion bucks a day or something? No, or a year maybe. No, because he bought he bought yeah. Twitter for 44 billion dollars, so it can't be a billion dollars a day. Um, Might be a billion a year, though. But what? Why understand? Why I understand? There's nervousness around Tesla stock because they're seeing him melt down in real time, and it's making people that invest in that stock um, nervous. And -hmm. it's actually giving the name. It's funny because I've really enjoyed the opportunity to get into one of these cars. I know Fred drove it for a while. It's really it's it's kind of an interesting glimpse into the future of the business. But every time you mention Tesla to somebody now. There's a stink attached to, uh, attached to it because of him and what he's doing with tw- with Twitter. Would you not well, agree? The, yeah, the the Musk brand, yes. if you want to call it that, is so entwined with Tesla that whatever he does, of course, it's going to affect whatever happens with the uh, with Twitter. Uh, with uh, I'm sorry, with with the Tesla stock. Mm-hmm. The, the the again the whole 
Twitter thing gets me because, you know, of all the issues in your life, that is one that you can control today. Just delete. Leave. Like, you know what I mean? Like, seriously. Yeah, but fair point. But the thing is, not everyone thinks that way. And people are, it's a utility people use, and he's wrecking it. I understand. But at the same way, but the thing is, you can't, you're in complete control of that. If he's wrecking it, well, then that's one of your options. You can, if, just leave. And then come back maybe when somebody nicer buys it or something. I don't know. Well, that's a, an interesting question. A lot of there, there has been talk um, uh, about you mentioned it being a utility that it should be more of a government owned or or a, a, a privately not private like a, a user owned experience because it is such a utility and having one person one rich person in the world own such a platform. It's it's a, it's for people. Who I don't use, agree with that at all. What that it's government? It's, it's, I don't. Yeah. I don't. It, no, I, I'm sorry, pri- misspoke. But no, no, I'm sorry. So not so much a government, but they but owned by users. So if you're a user of Twitter, you're a partial owner of it. Well, again, you know that's like saying just because you use Google a lot, you should get to own it. It's not. It's not the you. It's not that to me that again. I understand it, and and what you've said is uh, not just your opinion. I've heard that before. But where I lose it for me is like you know, as Fred said, if you don't want to use it, don't use it. But just because you use it doesn't give you ownership of it. You know, the way the right is acting like somehow Twitter, you know, uh, screwed the, de- 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 depressed this Hunter Biden story. It's their right to do whatever they want. They're not the government. And they're such yeah. free speech proponents. It's their right to do whatever they want with their company. That's right. It's a private company. You can control your content. I, like, I can't, I try, but beyond that, I, I don't. And these very people that are talking about freedom and, you know, and, uh, and um, 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 free enterprise. And if you don't like Twitter, nothing is stopping you from starting your own Twitter. And again, I know that's not simple for the average guy, but there's money out there. There's people out there. Trump did it on some level, as ridiculous as it is. But hey, it's an open market. You don't like Twitter? It's shit now. Start a new one. But there is stopping you. There's a case to be made, though, that it's become a utility like a power company or whatever else. It's it's an essential part of our society. And if if some one guy is in charge of it and saying, "Okay, here's what I think or this is what I'm going to accept. He's influencing our entire society in a way that may not be great for the true. I'll give you that. You're you're right. It has great influence. And you're right. It's a lot of power in the hands of one seemingly unstable guy. Like there's all these stories every day since he's taken over. And this gets back to if I'm an investor in Tesla, which is a great car company in a lot of ways. I'm nervous because of the way this guy is acting. I totally agree with you, Dan. What I don't agree with you is we doesn't. It's not a utility like the roads or um, a government uh, run thing that we all need in our lives. To Fred's point, you do, it's not because you don't need to use it. I'm saying that yes, it has become a utility for people, but you can do you can you can opt out of it at this moment and it will absolutely have no effect on your life there's instagram you can go to any other thing you want and howard short of that if you don't want to leave you can control how you use it right look at our buddy jeff merrick who's huge in twitter and like a sports guy yeah it's a tool for him very important but I could go and enjoy sports comments all day long and I can design my Twitter feed that I can shut out all the bullshit. Yes. And what's the, what's the, what, what is the issue here? If you don't like it, do something about it. 
and you know, Dan, I follow a lot of right. I mean, I mean, if I wanted to design my Twitter today to be less aggravating, yes, I could, could just get rid of Kevin McCarthy, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Douchebag, whatever her fucking name is. And just because when I first joined, it really only had two interests, golf Twitter and some politics. And I really could just get rid of all the politics and do nothing but see what Lauren Rubenstein thinks about Tiger Woods press conference all day long. Right. So as far as you, but I do agree with you this, Dan, it is a lot of, I don't know what the word is responsibility, but it's a lot of power for one guy to have, but that's his prerogative. And if he's losing a billion dollars a year and he can afford to, well, that's his fucking business, you know? But Daniel? don't you think there's a threshold in, in our society? I where, don't. Where, oh, okay. So. Well, no, because... No, but they, a threshold it, from what? Yeah, what go ahead. Finish. finish. Yeah. Well, I, well, I'm just saying well, a threshold for uh, public influence where where it's no longer... Uh, you know, yeah, we, but, we, we treasure our democracy, right? And this threatens... It can threaten our democracy, okay. a structure like this. What I find interesting about that, many times I go over to your trailer and you've got the CBC on. Often when I listen to CBC, I think, oh, my God, like, this is skewed so one way. So, I, I mean, I could throw that at, at you about the CBC. But here, here, here's the deal. It's the power of the people. If I don't want to listen to CBC because I don't like what's coming out of the radio, I shut it off. Mm-hmm. If I don't like what's happening with Twitter, I either change my Twitter feed to give me what I want or get out of it. Like, you can't bring the government in or, like... You just can't. That's such a slippery slope. No, that's it's a great, the by people. the way, that's a great example, too. Like, CBC, which is fine. I, I think it's a great service in some ways. And great. over the years, I've enjoyed some programs on it. Mm-hmm. But it does skew a very hard one way, which is fine. I would say they have, there should be some regulation on that service to at least represent you know, mm-hmm. all points of view, because you've got to yeah. be, I mean, I'm, I'm, listen, I've worked there, you've worked there, Edmonton Steve spent his entire career there. They really don't represent, in, in a lot of ways, the full landscape of Canada. I would be more worried about that than Twitter, because I can turn it off today. Mm-hmm. Yes, and you're it's, not paying for Twitter, you're paying for the CBC. And, you know, Dan, you're right, as, as I said, it's a utility, but only in so much that I can design Unlike the CBC, I can't design my own version of the CBC, but I can design my own version of Twitter. As of as soon as we shut the show down, I could go and eliminate all yes. the people that aggra- all yes. the people that aggravate me. <laughs> but I choose to I choose to be aggravated by them every day. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's just don't complain about it. <laughs> you anyway. know what I mean? Uh, but, it's all uh, up to you. Well, I think we're going to have to. We're going to have to agree. We're going to be, uh, I think that there, there's, it needs to be some sort of, and I can't, I don't know what it is yet. I like the user, the user owner idea a little bit. So how would that work? The, the, Boone, how many uh, people are, use Twitter a day? Is it billions? I don't know. No, no, no. It's not nearly as many people that use uh, Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. uh, So let's say it's 500 million users. So you think the 500 million users somehow should police Twitter? No, I mean, no, I'm asking no. Daniel. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, Daniel. no, I, I, well, Mike can, uh, can hop in here too. I, I don't, 
I just think that 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 having there's got to be a different way of dealing with you know having one person all the control that power is is just in some ways frightening but also the whole the monetization structure of the way twitter is with uh, and all the social media platforms i think we need to rethink it because it's not making our society a lot better i agree i agree with all of what you just said it's not good for all of us it's a a lot of influence for one person and it's not healthy i totally agree isn't this the knock on fox news that uh you know this powerful all all day news channel has such a uh, slant and agenda that it's uh, bad for democracy. Like, is absolutely? I, I would totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. But again, you know what makes the world go round? There is people that would come on the show and argue that CNN is just as bad the other way, which is untrue. It's just flat out untrue. Because <laughs> yeah. again, it's true. I mean, I like to look at myself as somewhat of a centrist, and so does Howard. And I don't know. I can't speak for the other, you two other guys, but it's like, you know, I got a brain in my head. I watch both and I can pretty much see what's coming down here. But you're right, Mike. It is. Dan, I'd yeah. like to say the following to you with love and affection. Mm-hmm. Elon Musk all night, almighty. A mouse ran up my leg. <laughs> <laughs> it bit his tit and made him shit. Elon Musk almighty. Okay. Uh, okay. We got to uh, move on. Do you have, but before we get to Dan's second story, let me tell you about our friends at AaronVentures.com. They're an emerging international junior mining and exploration company engaged in the acquisition, exploration, and development of resource properties. Aaron Ventures' strategies to uncover and capitalize on unique development opportunities within Canada and various regions internationally. The company's objective is to increase its mineral reserves, um, de boron specifically, by developing current properties and through the acquisition of uh, additional mining projects. It's an interesting sector, and as the markets start to recover, you may want to check out, of course, use the Sherpa, uh, check out AaronVentures.com. And uh, Friedrich, I know you've already talked about our fine friends at Bodog, but listen to this. Cursing during your commute again. Do you find yourself living at work instead of working from home? Couldn't this have been an email? When it feels like all that's left is work hard, you know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Play free casino games, get poker tips, and check out the latest sports odds. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. Retirement Sherpa, Tim Niblett, a uh, portfolio manager, and a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Uh, Timmy was on the other day talking about, well, more ways that, uh, you know, you can, uh, well, reach financial independence and uh, build wealth for retirement. And uh, he dealt with some insurances and how that uh, can uh, play a part. Very interesting. You might want to go back and listen to it. Uh, Tim, again, portfolio manager, licensed on both sides of the border. Uh, right now, he's at his southern home. That means nothing. Whether you're American, Canadian, he can help you because, again, he's licensed that way, all right? The Retirement Sherpa, Tim Niblett, retirementsherpa.ca. Uh, Daniel, I know it's, you know, it's seemingly been a rough few minutes, you know, with us, you know, hating on Jesus and such, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, let's be serious, man. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh do you have any, any more stories as we start? I wrapping? do. I do. Yeah, well, right. man, hang on a second go, there, brother. Go, yeah. Daniel J. What's your middle mm-hmm. name again? James. James. And now with news and views, here's DJ G. I'm so entitled and drunk, I'll just pee in this thing. A Chicago police officer on vacation in Florida has been charged with two misdemeanors for allegedly peeing 
allegedly peeing in an ice machine at a beach bar on Mm. Monday. An employee of the Jimmy B's Beach Bar at the Beachcomber Resort Hotel in St. Pete's Beach caught 50-year-old Henry Kopouch in the act. Uh, they caught, yeah, he yelled at the employees before uh, uh, pushing him, and then the, then a security guard came along and uh, and uh, said, "Yeah, you can't do that." And then he pushed oh, him, and mm. so they they basically arrested him. And when the cops found him later on the beach, laying on the beach, just hanging out, yeah. And then he arrested a resisted arrest there too. So no he's good. got some problems. Yeah, it's I no would good. Say, would that not be enough to lose your job? In the old days, it would. You know, before Trump, it would. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I saw a report there the other day. This happened down in Florida. This woman who was the police commissioner of Tampa Bay, I believe, Tampa, the city of Tampa, in a golf cart in one of those communities. Um, Her and her husband were on the golf cart, drove it on a road where you needed a license. It didn't have a license, so a cop stopped her and her husband. She shows her badge, and she says, oh, I'm the commissioner. And he goes, oh, okay, I'm sorry. She says, I'm just hoping you'll let us go. And he did, and she lost her job just over that. Lost her job. Resigned the other day because the mayor of Tampa said, this is just, we cannot have that. Mm. We just not, we can't, we just can't have that happen. And uh, yeah, so she lost her job over that. It's funny, you know, considering some of the the horrible things that have happened with American police Mm -hmm. and members of the black community. You think fucking getting off some kind of golf cart infraction, that is the whitest story I've ever fucking heard. (laughs) Like, seriously. I lost, she lost her job because she was driving a golf cart in a place she wasn't supposed to, and the guy let her off. Well, but she, no, it's because she showed her badge. Yeah, yeah. She initiated it. Like, look who I am, showed the badge, and said, I'm hoping you let us off tonight. It was on body cam. And, uh, yeah. But like I said, of all the things that, you know. I get it. I get what you're saying. But it just, but, well, this guy pissing in an ice machine, you'd think. If she lost her job for that, he this cop should lose his job for that. But maybe he didn't flash his badge to prevent himself. <laughs> That's, true. That's right. He didn't. Yeah. He flashed his wiener. So I'm and, good here. And <laughs> I want to know what what happens to that ice machine because you can't. I don't. You can't put you. I don't care what cleaner you're using. That's like piss ice forever, man. You got to get rid of that. <laughs> yeah, that would suck. All right, well, let's get off Dan Duran today and his... Uh, I have a couple of breaking news stories. Mike quick. Boone, everybody. Oh, it's time for oh. Toronto Mike. Hey, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot that you have a theme. Oh, well, it's up to you. I don't, well, I, I'll give you the news like story, it. though. A yeah. couple of breaking news stories. All right, brother. Okay. President Joe Biden has arranged a prisoner exchange to bring Brittany Griner home. That is great news. She's on her way home right now as we speak and uh who did did biden give her them trump is that the exchange <laughs> biden said we'll give you trump you can oh, that's a wet dream man can you imagine wouldn't that wow. be great like we'll give you a com- uh, convicted arms dealer okay yeah, that would yeah. yeah well that's and, good news 
Yeah. Well, you, say, you, you say it's good news, and you, Mike, you brought up Fox News. Put on Fox News this morning, and you'll hear all the reasons why Biden shouldn't have done that, did it the wrong way, chose the wrong person. Yeah. And that's Another how, reason I'll, I'll never put on Fox well, News, because well, who needs that aggravation? I'll tell you well, that's right. And that's how polarized they are. Right now, they're thinking of all the reasons. That that's a bad them. idea, yeah. yeah. You, know, their own problems. you know, we've said this a bunch of times, and recently it's come up about, you know, these are unprecedented times. But the far, the right wing and far right support of Putin, like this Nick Fuentes guy, a couple weeks ago, having the crowd at his Nazi convention yelling Putin, Putin. I just don't understand it. It's like they're literally Marjorie Taylor Greene again. I follow her on Twitter. Is talking about you know all the money the American government is giving to the Ukraine to support their. They were invaded by Russia, and for some reason, Fox News thinks that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. So these are <laughs> strange up, times. Uh, what's up. the other breaking news, Toronto, Mike? A, a sadder story. It's that uh, Celine Dion came out this morning to announce she has this neurological disorder where she's slowly, I don't know how to say it other than she's, her body's slowly turning to stone. Like at some point, she's going to lose like, the ability to move any part of her body and she can no longer perform and it's only getting worse. It's a terrible disease. What? Sounds like it. Yeah, seriously. So, so, yeah, I'm serious. That's like some Game of Thrones stuff. Yeah, like you, you just turn like Medusa. You just start to your body slowly turns to it's stone. It's called uh, you it, can't move anymore. Here's the uh, CBC headline, Dan. Celine Dion says she's dealing with ne- a neurological condition known as stiff person syndrome. Really? Is that a joke? Is, it, is that a joke? I'm not, Dan. I'm telling you right now. There's not more Latin involved in that. Uh, I, you, I would think so. <laughs> I think that you think they could come up with something. I don't know if you're telling the truth. Freddie, go to cbc.ca. She's dealing with a neurological condition known as stiff person syndrome. That's the first time I've heard of that. Like, we've talked about Borier Salmine and how that's the worst way to go. I think we found a, like a competitor for worst way to go. You just said Borier Salming. <laughs> Say his name for me. Borier Salming. Borier. Yeah. I know, I've been hammering the Borier, because as a kid I said Borge Salming, and mm. she's, uh, she's canceled her summer tour, and um, she says, I hope I'm on the road to recovery. Yeah. But- Stiff person syndrome. More, more like she's on her way to a lawn ornament. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's See, sad thing is, No, it is. Of course, it's sad. But from that, you know, comes uh, joy uh, for, you know, you have to look at the bright side. <laughs> I'm surprised no one jumped on the stiff person syndrome. I thought for sure you would. You know, I did chime in and said Dan, Dan suffered from that, but I think it got lost. In the well, no, no, Dan's just big. We don't know how hard he gets. We just know he's big. He could just be all sponge, all sponge and just spongy. He a he's a shower, not a grower. He could just be a giant fire hose of sponge. I don't know what he's doing. Oh, yeah. Morak Wolfman syndrome, I think, is the proper term for this disease. That sucks, man. It's brutal. Thanks to Dave Little on your Facebook page. Uh, anyway, that's terrible. Yeah, and the reason I say Game of Thrones is because if you're a fan of the show, you know what I'm talking about. There was something that if you touch these people, your skin literally turns to stone. And uh, there's no cure for it, but the one guy found a cure for it, and then he went off to help fight all the dragons and shit. So. 
<laughs> That's a great story. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway. Did you well, guys talk about uh, Kirstie Alley passing away? Yeah, we, that yes. happened yesterday's show. Another yeah. sad story. Another Nothing sad story. Sad story, yeah. But she was great in Star Trek. And she was very hot. Yeah, of all the ways there are to go, you know, we talked about Boreas Salming and now Celine Dion. Although it doesn't sound... Like, this is going to kill her anytime soon because she's still, uh, she's 54 years old. She's looking for uh, ways to deal with it. Well, we'll have to follow that story. Uh, by the way, I know you guys love the Sherpa because you guys will actually play Led Zeppelin for Sherpa. That tells me it's true love. Yeah, man. That's what we do. That's his theme. He wanted it. He's got it. Uh, Booner Boon. Uh, great time at TMLX uh, 11. Really enjoyed the vibe, good vibes, and uh, great seeing Anthony Petrucci. Guy's a freaking angel, and he's so generous to us. Yeah, it's great seeing you guys. I uh, loved seeing you there. It was awesome. Yeah, we dig it, man. We like to go out the odd time, especially in support of you. Um, (laughs) uh, What else did I want to talk to you about? Yeah. Well, did Did you you have anything else, Mike, that you want to do? uh, No, I mean, did you want... To talk about oh, the fact yes. that we've been referenced in people.com this week, yeah. which doesn't happen every week to us. Well, that's the drag of that thing, isn't it? Would have been so cool if they had referenced Toronto Mike and, Re- and I mean it, and if they had referenced the Humble and Fred show because they tell the whole story. They reference right. you as the producer. They reference a show ours where the guy freaked out and left, and uh, it was just weird. Well, weird. I mean, we've, we've discussed the, the the content. Um. How was the, uh, was there any fallout from yesterday's Mary Jo appearance? No fallout. We did drop the uh, Mary Jo Eustace conversation with Strombo. So that's now in the X's and Uh-Oh feed, episode okay. four. Uh, I would say, like, I, I was thinking back, because this piece by The Sun, The Sun is like a 25-year-old guy I've never met, but his name is Jack. And he's yeah. the one who put this thing on Instagram that all these news outlets picked up. By the way, he deleted that Instagram. Like, own this thing or don't like don't post it on instagram let people.com and all these places pick it up and then delete your instagram post like it's like you only put it on instagram to feed these these uh outlets like people.com like it's just sort of sort of a dink move because he's deleted it from his face is a instagram post but remember all the problems through social media are dink moves that, yeah, but that's this was what, meant that's to what, get to people.com. Like, it wasn't meant to get That's what ruins it for people. You know, it's just, it could be such a wonderful, valuable tool, all that stuff, and dinks get involved and fuck it all up. <laughs> but I would just say that I'm, I don't know this guy at all. Like, never met him. I, I can tell by what he writes that he's never actually listened to X's and Uh O's because there is no shitting on Dean McDermott and talking about salacious details. Like it really is not that kind of show. It's not a TMZ show. It's actually pretty, pretty sweet. And uh, he didn't listen, but clearly like he's been used as some kind of pawn here in some kind of greater battle that some family dysfunction that I personally would like nothing to do with. So I'm here just, you know, you guys are just trying to, you know, host a great show and I'm here trying to, you know, create good content and share it with the world. I don't want anything to do with any uh, drama with Tori Spelling or Dean McDermott or Mary Jo Eustace. I just want to help people create compelling audio. And here I am. You know what you are? Like- You're like podcast Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you just, just want to help man. people. It's strange. Because I was getting you know calls and notes from people like, are you okay? Like people would phone me up and say, are you okay? And I'm like, like, shouldn't I? Like, I guess like I shouldn't be okay. Like, because I got, you know, 
raked over some coals on people.com. Yeah, like, but you didn't. You just, you, you know, you're, it's, it would be, I mean, I, you did in, in almost did. absentia. You know, you weren't referenced. <laughs> This I mean, we all we producer. all know who they were. Yeah, but I we all know who they were talking about. Well, we know who they're talking. Yeah, about, and, right? but like, I like again. Wouldn't it? Would you not have preferred they use your name so that people could have tuned into the Toronto Mike podcast <sighs> experience? Well, I don't know. I I can go both ways on that. Like, I kind of like being lower key because it's not a great thing this Jack guy wrote. And really, what he was the only thing I've ever said about this whole thing is what I said on your show. Remember, I came on your show. Yes, it, it, that American Thanksgiving Thursday. I came on your show to talk about why Dean bailed. Yes. That's the only time I've actually publicly mm-hmm. spoken about this thing. So obviously it was something there that pissed off Dean McDermott that he used his son's Instagram to put this story on people.com. Like it's also gross and Hollywoody that I just am glad I'm Toronto Mike down here trying to work with good guys like Humble and Fred. So mm. stay out of that hornet's nest. Well, right. yeah. Okay. Well, I wish they would have referenced us. Sorry. <laughs> I know. Oh, I know. Um, I know. Just, um, I've received a couple of uh, text messages in the last few minutes. Number one, uh, Fred Ball with a picture of a Humble and Fred condom in his desk still today. He's still got it in his <laughs> desk. A Humble and Fred condom. How brittle would that be? And then we were talking about advent calendars. My son sent me a picture of, uh, he bought an advent calendar for his dog. <laughs> That's really funny. Dog treats in it? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. With dumb yeah. treats all through the days. Yeah. But I also, as a kid, remember I had an advent calendar and I loved it too because you're counting down the days to that special day when the old dude in a white beard brings you presents. Like, it's really a magic day for kids. I got a couple of, yeah. couple of believers here, but that countdown, like Dan's describing, like mm. four more sleeps and I'm going to wake up and I'm going to have like maybe that radio I wanted or, you know, yeah, like, yeah. I'm going to have that transformer. Well, we had that uh, with the Jewish kids in Moosha had uh, advent calendar. We just opened up every day and said, nothing. <laughs> you get nothing. No. You get eight you gifts. Get nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, you just, so, you know, it's funny. It's the way that Jerry Seinfeld has got one of his best bits when he describes the magic of when you're a kid and you discover what Halloween's all about. He's like, wait a second. I mean, people are just going to give me candy because when you're a kid, candy is the greatest thing in the world. And so it's similar to, you know, Christmas, uh, Santa Miss or whatever that, you know, what, what a great thing for a child. I take nothing away from the children now. Um, just a fantasy story. It's all ridiculous, but the yeah. kids do like it. But yeah, for a child, thinking you're going to wake up, if you go to sleep, all you have to do is one more sleep, you wake up, and there's going to be all these presents are there, and you get to open them. It right. is really amazing. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm just sorry that the rest based, of the year combined, yeah. you get less gifts but than Dan, that. Like, this is, it's just too bad it's all based on a giant lie, but it's still the actual day itself is fun. Well, that's the thing. At some point, you have that, that chat. I know Dan's been through this. I've been through it twice. Like, you have that chat. And it's like when you have that chat, and I won't say anything in case someone's listening in the car or something. So I'll be very, very discreet. But you have the chat, and then you feel like, kind of like, oh, like, I, you know, I bullshitted this kid for like eight, nine years. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and it's now it's like I'm coming clean. Like, psych? Psych? <laughs> Easy how you say that third Reich. It sounds like psych, psych. Oh no, I don't want to do that. No, you're worried about you're worried about that reveal, but yeah, you use the word bullshit in the same. 
<laughs> oh yeah, no, I'm okay. Bullshit. Like, I, I mean, you know, your kids bullshit. have heard that before, but yeah, that's uh, you don't, want, you know, you don't want to hear uh, anything about the, uh, the the thing we're not talking. about. There's the three guys, right, Dan? We got the three guys, right? There's the uh, the Easter Bunny, which is pretty cool because that's good chocolate you get, and then you got the Tooth Fairy. Like my two little ones are losing teeth like crazy, left, right, and center. Like yeah. they're what, just what are they getting now for a tooth? Bone. What's uh, going right for a tooth now? Like, like it's about five bucks in this home. Yeah. Five bucks, yeah. But you have the three guys. So you got Santa. You got the Easter Bunny, you got the Tooth Fairy, and they all have the same kind of lifespan. And I think with one of my, my third born, it's, we're coming to an end here. He's pretty sharp. How old is he now? How old's Jarvis? Eight. He's a great looking kid, man. I saw him on Saturday. He's such a good boy sitting there. He's just like, all these people are watching you and you're doing your thing. He's got his back to you. He's like, it's totally couldn't give no shits. It was really funny. He was my photographer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great. Johnny Slapshot is 10 now, and I had this conversation with Delise the other day. I said, you know, just the type of kid he is and a thinker and stuff, I can't imagine that he's still buying in, but he would probably do it for his sister, right? Mm -hmm. At this point, because there's that whole situation. Well, you have to hold the water for the younger one, for sure. But Mm -hmm. uh, once you crack that code. But yeah, 10, I remember 10, I think if I think back, 10 was like, that was it. That was the ceiling for, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah. Because you don't want these kids in high school telling their kids how excited, their friends, how excited they are. That, uh, <laughs> That's, right. <laughs> uh, That's right. Well, we've covered a lot of ground today, gentlemen, but uh, sadly, uh, this two hours and six minutes has just flown by. <laughs> and uh, yeah, before we get into T.O. Mike uh, territory, we got to start shutting it down. Next week on the program, Michael, I, uh, it's interesting, Noel Kastler signed in yeah. today and I, I knew it was a mistake but I, I was actually going to throw him on for a second and if we had a, sure. if we weren't right in the middle of a riveting pickled onion conversation well Dad, yeah that's uh, he made a mistake but it's based on my original mistake where he was on November 8th and originally I think I might have wrote no I think I wrote the 8th and he said oh great we can talk about John Lennon because he died on uh, December 8th. 8th yeah right and then we had our then I said no you're on so just to which by the way we didn't even mention today no, we went through, and I had written it down. First thing on my sheet, Lennon shot 42 years ago today. Wow. Wow. How, you know. Hmm. It's my first, I believe that to be my first, the first news event that I remember in my consciousness was the, the beetle being killed. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, we've told that story. I, uh, I went to the radio station in Vancouver. I was working at a station called CKLG, LG 73, for you people on the West Coast. And I was doing the all-night show. I used to get around 11 and the news came out around 11 p.m. I went to the newsroom, and in those days, we—you'll. This is how old we all three of us are, Mike. Remember the? You'd go to look at the news wire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. in the newsroom is yeah whatever BN or whatever the service ticker. the tick. Well, it was like a paper that came out of a machine yeah. where the news was teletype. And um, you know, so you would pull it. You know, there'd be the entertainment stories, and I would pull that before the show. And uh, that's when I heard that Lennon was uh, yeah. dead. And then I spent my, our program director called me and said, okay, we're just going to play nothing but Beatles songs mm. from midnight to six. And I thought, that's great. But in those days, Dan, um, this was 1980, and we didn't play two songs in a row on AM radio. No. Mm. We played, you had to talk. You talk between every song yeah. between every song. And for six hours, I played nothing but two and three minute songs. It's that's it really was a great training ground for a disc jockey because you you got you got so many hours in. But you remember I remember the first time I was on FM 
and I played two songs back to back. I thought this is fucking great. I can go shopping <laughs> because, because <laughs> got it a Vita. No, not even just because because we were so used to like having to go and do things and get a coffee while it's three and a half minute song played, and all of a sudden you could play two songs back to back, and they were eight minutes long. You're like, oh shit. Yeah, I mean, you're doing the all night show. Then you'd, you'd run back to start the coffee maker up, and then run back. Yeah, exactly. And then, <laughs> and then, well, thank Jesus, we could smoke in the control room. <laughs> now you know. I mean, you guys know, of course, you were there. But uh, a lot of people learned about the shooting of John Lennon uh, via Howard Cosell on Monday Night. Football. That's right. Me, me. That's how I. That's how that's I right got down, well, what a time, you know, like a time, you know, before we talk about Twitter now a lot today and all that. But, you know, in this simpler time where there was no Internet. Yeah, you went to your radio. Yeah. That's where you went to the radio. To yep. listen to Howie G talking about, uh, yeah, the death of a beetle. Dan and I, the first time we were in New York, uh, first time I went to New York was with Dan. And one of the things that was sort of eerie was that uh, the young lady who I was staying with, not to be confused with the... This was such a weird story. We, Dan and I met this woman, and I hooked up with her in Jamaica, and she invites us to New York for New Year's, and Dan and I get off the plane. We switch our flights. This is a true story. Get off the plane, and she brought a friend along for Dan. <laughs> Dan just went off to that girl's house who he just met. Wow. I, at least oh. met I at least had met this woman that I was with like the week before. But do you remember that, Dan, that she brought along oh, yeah. a friend for you? I and, that, and you yeah. stayed at that friend's house. She's a lovely person, a lawyer. Okay. Yeah. And um, the reason I mention it is because I wake up the next morning in this woman's apartment that I was with, and she lived right across the street from the Dakota. And when I woke up and I looked outside, I was like, wait a minute. That's where John, this was only two years after or three years after he was killed. But that was our first time in New York together, Dan. Remember those happier days yeah, no, before? I remember that, yeah. I have a picture of you somewhere, of you sitting uh, sitting next to the, or just outside the Dakota. Yeah, we are. Uh, my archive. First time I was outside the Dakota, I was talking, you know, that they have the security guard or the, what do you, concierge guy standing there, and I'm talking to him, and then I said, where exactly was he shot? And he said, you're standing on the spot. And I was like, wow. Yeah. Shouldn't there be some marker there or something but yeah he had a copy of a catcher in the rye right because that was not the concierge by the way mark david chapman sorry mark david chapman uh the last time i was in new york which is only a couple years ago we were when went to a museum up in the uh, upper 80s on the east side actually just into harlem and then we did we did a walk through where charlie and i and xgfr and uh as we were we walked through central park and started coming down the other side of the park the west side and uh, I said, hey, we're, this, we're right across from the Dakota. Let's have this pop in and did the same thing. Just stood there and looked at that entranceway and mm-hmm. thought about that so long ago. Yeah. I always wonder what John Lennon would have done next, right? Because he had that resurgence. Just be that it was it the the album he put out just before he died, and there were some pretty good jams on there. And it's like, what was he going to do? He's only forty years old when he dies. What was next for John Lennon? Yeah. I predict there would have been a Beatles reunion. I do of some kind, of some kind. Yes, like yeah, I, I just do because you know they were kids when all that shit blew up, and I think as they got older, they would have you know like other bands have done and just thought, okay, time heals, and you know why not? Yeah, like they may have uh, reunited for a benefit or the yeah. just gotten together because yeah, you know mm-hmm. when they broke up, they were in their late twenties. And there were some, you know, there were some stories about him and McCartney starting to 
yes. ease some of the tension. And mm-hmm. yeah, that would have been something. Well, fellas, there you go. That's a nice way to end the program. Thanks for bringing that up. I'm, I'm sorry we forgot. It's funny. I look up in December eighth. I'm like, oh yeah. Well, let me shout out next week's guests really quickly. Do it up. Uh, Do it up, man. Bill Brio, he was going to be this week, but you originally were going to take this week off. So I want to let the Hundy Peas know they got a bonus week here. This was going to be a, a Howard in Mexico week off, I think, this one mm-hmm. that we're in right now. So Bill's now going to be uh, Tuesday, and then Noel Kastler is going to make his actual appearance Wednesday. And I'll just tease, December 22nd, it's going to be frenetic and amazing, the lineup of people that are going to uh, join you guys on, uh, on your Zoom, and uh, everybody should get ready for a festive holiday episode of humble and fred on december 22nd 7 30 a.m eastern it's only two weeks from today by the way everyone that'll be our last show for uh, 2023 no for 2022 2022 before 2023 <laughs> what fucking year is it <laughs> don't talk to me boone i have a condition i'm glad by the way for the record i'm glad you're not gonna die like that sounded like it was all good news like yeah it really was because we were all so worried about you we were lighting candles and stuff and now we know you're gonna be okay uh theoretically you know you know there's no guarantees or as my kill yourself but well there's that there's that as my spanish doctor said there's no warranties and i said yes i know there are no warranties um, what was that old song? Just checked in to see what condition my yeah. condition. Kenny Rogers. Kenny Rogers in the first checked edition. In to see what condition my condition was in. That's I love right. that song. Yeah, me too. I mean, I could play it right now, but I'd rather play this song. The, uh, the Big Lebowski uses it brilliantly. Mm-hmm. There's a movie I haven't seen for a while that I wouldn't mind revisiting. This rug really ties the room together. Howard, quickly, because I don't want you to forget about it. You know, we've often talked about lyrics. People write song lyrics. There's so many millions of songs now. Sometimes by mistake, you could actually have a riff or something that's been previously used without even really knowing it. How does that apply to stand-up comics? I'm thinking about that the other day. So many comics, so many lies, so many jokes. A guy could innocently write a concept not knowing that it had been used before. Happens all the time. Stand up on a stage and do it and think, hey, I've come up with this, and somebody could go, no, like 10 years ago. Like, how does that not happen? It happens all the time. In fact, I've sent you guys that special by Ari Shafir. I Mm -hmm. I don't know if anyone's ever watched it, but it's one of my favorite new specials. If anyone wants, it's called Jew. Oh, I know. It's a theme. But it's one of the it's funniest, one of the funniest things I've seen in a long time. And he talks about the Bible, Dan. He talks about religion. It's not just a Jewish. It talks about all religions. But at one point, he does a joke. And Dan's seen me do this. I've been doing it for five years. It's actually one of Rachel's favorite jokes of mine. It's a similar little throwaway where I say uh, something about being Jewish. I know you're thinking all the Jewish stereotypes, you know, curly hair, big nose, amazing in bed. And that gets a laugh. And I'm watching this Ari Shafir special a couple weeks ago, and that joke, almost word for word. He goes, oh, yes, I know I look like the stereotypical Jew, big nose, great in bed. And I'm like, ah, fuck. Well, I, I could see why that was a joke to Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> Hey now. I've got, hey, don't. Hey now. At the time, I had stiff person syndrome. <laughs> or Celine Dion. The, the, uh, the, the, what is it? You know. What is I used word? to use your condoms, by the way, and that's how I ended up with four kids. <laughs> um, yes, exactly. But, Dan, you've heard me do that joke. I've been doing it for yeah, since yeah, 2016. No, I, 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 so now the thing is, it's his joke. 
to answer your question. Yeah. I mean, if I was doing stand-up in the next little while, I'd still do that joke, but someone might see me do it. Right. And say, oh, no, he got that from Ari Shafir. And I'm like, I can't explain to every person that I've been doing that joke for six years. I have a little idea. What? So I don't know, Howard, what you're doing with stand-up, but next time you do stand-up, if you record it, you can just drop the stand-up routine in the Humble and Fred feed, and there'll be a timestamp proof of these jokes that mm. you do in your stand-up. So you could point, link back and say, look, Howard did this joke in 20. You know what? That's, yeah, I appreciate that. I don't really care enough, care enough about it, but you know, it hap- I'm sure it happens all the time. Uh, here's the uh, song you were uh, just referencing, by the way. up this morning with the sundown shining in listen how young kenny rogers sounds in this my mind in a brown paper bag but then i tripped on a cloud and fell eight miles high i tore my mind on a jagged sky i just dropped in See what condition my condition was in. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. All right. Uh, everyone have a great weekend. Stay safe and stay strong, everyone. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, Aaron Ventures, EVNet.ca, and our newest sponsor, Kelsey's, Canada's original roadhouse since 1978. We read all of our emails, Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. Liking and subscribing helps out the show, so please help us out. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran, and after all the two dinks, mixed nuts, pickled onion, and stiff person nut talk I need a Metamucil break we're all back on Monday a place we saw the lights turn low the jigsaw jazz and the get fresh flow pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts two turntables and a microphone bottles and cans just clap your hands or just clap your hands